When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Thrilling games. Players toward the end zone. Touchdown! Mario Manningham! Caught it on the coast! And Michigan will win! Down to the 15, down to 10, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Touchdown, Billy Tanner! Incredible performances. Leaves it deep in the end zone. Touchdown! Desmond Howard! What a catch and what a call! Is that intercepted? Holy cow! Jordan Lewis! Unforgettable memories. Fires in the end zone. By Charles Woodson. Polish off the Heisman. Michigan has realized its destiny and won the national championship in the Rose Bowl. Welcome to Michigan Football Classics. Hello and welcome to today's broadcast of Michigan football. The original plan was to have Jim Brandstatter, Dan Deardorff, and Doug Karsh ready to call Michigan and Maryland from the big house, but, you know, plans in 2020 don't quite mix. Michigan officially canceling its game with the Terps on Wednesday. Football program is on pause due to an uptick in COVID-19 positives. And with that as a framework, we welcome you into our Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan pregame show. Brian Bush with you. John Jansen alongside virtually. John, how are you holding up after all this sudden change and, unfortunately, a lack of football for Michigan this afternoon? Everybody is disappointed at some point in the year of 2020, some more than others, and it's just another obstacle that we, we've got to work around. And I don't even want to say that it's, it's that big of an obstacle because there are other obstacles throughout our world, throughout our country, throughout our state that are bigger than not playing a football game. But for those involved, for those that enjoy watching Michigan football, for the kids that enjoy playing the game of football, the coaches, us as broadcasters, um, it's it's disappointing because this was going to be, at least as the schedule that we know it, the last opportunity in the big house in 2020. Yeah, as of right now, the schedule is to go to Ohio State next Saturday and then the following Saturday match up with whichever place Michigan finishes in that place team on the West Division side. So, as you mentioned, there is a chance that the home schedule is over. We don't know how eligibility is going to work, who is going to return, but not everyone from this version of Michigan football will be back next season. So, yeah, every opportunity at the big house is special. And when you lose one, like you said, it's not 
the worst thing that's happening in 2020, but in a vacuum of football, in a vacuum of this community, it's really tough. Well, and in a vacuum of these student-athletes and these seniors, it's tough because this was going to be senior day. This was their moment. This was their time to... Uh, you know, to 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 make take a mental picture of everything going on, and it's not normal. It wouldn't be your normal senior day because the fans aren't there, but they would get a chance to see some highlights on the big screen. They would be able to have their parents there there with them, uh, and so not to have that moment. Uh, it's disappointing because I know what that moment meant to me, and I know what it's meant to so many guys that have have worn the winged helmet. In lieu of a live broadcast here. This afternoon, we're going to listen back to a classic Michigan game from 2011. First ever night game at the Big House against Notre Dame. And we'll preview that here in a little bit. But, you know, despite all of the struggles for Michigan on the field this season, a 2-4 and four year, haven't won yet at the Big House, this team, these players, they didn't put in all that work and fight so hard to get a chance to play this season to then sit here and go, yeah, it's fine. We don't have to finish this season. I, you've you've turned it as an opportunity every time, and this team wants as many opportunities as it can get. Yeah, and this is something that we said last week after the Penn State game and made the point that every opportunity you have in the big house is unique, and you'll never get that opportunity back. And you never know when that next opportunity is going to happen. For some of these kids, it may never happen again. Others, yeah, you're going to get next year. Maybe if you're a freshman, you have four and with however eligibility works, you may have five more years of opportunities. But as these kids are learning, opportunities in life don't come every day. And whether it's an easy lesson, hard lesson, right now it's that hard lesson where you just have to, you know, you got to tighten up your bootstraps, deal with everything that's going on, and find a way to fight through it. The 2020 Wolverines are on a pause, so let's listen back to a classic from 2011. Michigan and Notre Dame, first night game in the history of the big house as we welcome you back into the Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan pregame show. Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan is committed to providing members access to the care they need whenever and wherever they need it. Blue Cross is here for it all and always will be. John, I know you're a noon kickoff kind of guy, but you think back to 2011 and this moment, the first night game, and the buzz was palpable before, during, and because of how the game went after. It, it was. And I I unfortunately could not be there, uh, but I did get a chance to, you know, see all of the lead-up that went into what was going on in Ann Arbor for the game. And then, obviously, you hear the game with Frank Beckman and uh, Jim Branstad or Doug Karsh on the sideline. And I was able to listen to the fourth quarter of this football game, and you could hear coming through the radio the excitement of what it meant to be at that first night game. You are 100% correct. I would have been the guy that said no to the lights, no to anything that would force or allow Michigan to play night games, but this is a process, right? Football changes. Our society changes, and if you want to play in primetime events, which Michigan wants to be able to have those primetime games, you've got to be able to play at night. So they installed the lights, and there have been many additions and subtractions to the big house. This one is obviously here to stay and probably one of the better additions to the big house. 
Jones. I'm so proud of you for admitting that. I'm a grown-up boy now. <laughs> Time for our offensive scouting report is brought to you by the University of Michigan Credit Union. Of course, Denard Robinson was a star on this ball club. What do you remember most about his performance, one that required some bounce back from him, and just his career as a whole here at Michigan? Well, for Denard, I mean, you look back at the previous meetings in this game. The year before, he had set all sorts of records with 500 yards of total offense by himself. Coming into this game, he obviously didn't break those records, but... You go into a halftime down 17-7. You go into uh, you know the fourth quarter down 24-7, and he just found a way to make things happen. It wasn't always beautiful. It wasn't always perfect, and it wasn't always the traditional way that Michigan thought that they would come back. You always have this, this passer in the backfield that delivers the football, and you make big plays, or you hand the ball off to a big running back. He really did a most of it by himself. Obviously, you've got Roy Roundtree, you've got Vincent Smith, you've got Jeremy Gallen. You've got a number of players surrounding him that we'll get a chance to talk about. Obviously, they play defense as well. So this is a unique setting, a unique game, and a unique individual in Michigan history. So that's today's offensive scouting report centering around Denard Robinson, and it's been brought to you by the University of Michigan Credit Union. Visit umcu.org for all your financial needs. 2011, first season of the Brady Hoke era, plenty of questions coming into this season, but that 2011 club really ended up delivering quite a season. They won week one in a rain-delay-filled game, uh, then week two, this felt like the catalyst and, and the start of something that turned out to be an 11 win season. It was. And, you know, you think back to the start of this season and they didn't even get a chance to finish that opening game against Western Michigan. And at the time, none of the stats were even counted for these players. They went back eventually the NCAA after the season and counted some of those stats, uh, you know, for Michigan, for Western Michigan in that 34 to 10 victory for Michigan. But it started off uniquely and it continued throughout the season and obviously this this Notre Dame game there was a lot of build up for you know for a year for two years because they knew that this was coming and the anticipation a lot of times when you have an anticipated event it doesn't deliver because you can't live up to such great expectations and over the unbelievable history of the University of Michigan you'd never had a night game so if you can imagine all of Everything that's happened, this was going to be the first. You would never have a chance to do this again. There's been many more night games, but this was the one opportunity, and boy, it lived up to every every second of the clock. It lived up to it. Yeah, especially the ending, which still is one of the wildest roller coaster rides that Michigan fans will ever go on. We can't wait to bring it to you. 2011, Michigan and Notre Dame. We're making the best out of this pause for Michigan football and the cancellation of the originally scheduled matchup with the Terps here today. Coming up, Jim Brandstatter, the voice of Michigan football. He was there on the call, and he still obviously is on the broadcast to this day. We'll talk about the current situation and also that unforgettable night in 2011. Here on the Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan pregame show, you're listening to Michigan football from Learfield IMG College.
With today's game canceled, we are listening back to the 2011 Michigan-Notre Dame game. We'll have kickoff here coming up shortly. Do you have what it takes to ace the fan exam presented by Unilever? Play the new live college sports trivia game hosted by Mike Golick twice a week, now through December the 17th. Put your knowledge to the test for the chance to win some great prizes. Plus, support a great cause through Unilever's United for America movement. Sign up to play now at mgoblue.com slash thefanexam. All right, let's get the perspective of Jim Brandstatter on what's going on with Michigan football. John? Jim, this is an unusual year. Obviously, everything around the country, everything around the world is unique. It's challenging. Did you, first of all, before we started the season, did you believe that we would have a football season and be able to get six games in uninterrupted? Not really. And, and John, to use the term uh, unique might be an understatement how we're discussing 2020. But I will tell you, once the Big Ten, what was it, in August, said, hey, we're not playing, mm-hmm. I, I thought the season was over. I, I did not think uh, that they would uh, complete a season, get anything done. And then what happened was the SEC and all these guys said, well, we're going to play. And it became that Walking the fine line between, okay, if you go ahead and play and you get a bunch of infections and COVID stoppages and this, that, and the other thing, you're going to look pretty stupid. And the Big Ten's going to look pretty smart. Mm-hmm. Well, the Big Ten then recanted and said, let's go play. Well, then they kind of joined in and they were able to do a pretty good job. But I think it's kind of like 50 50 now because we've seen across the country in the SEC and the ACC and all the big conferences, including the Big Ten. Schools having to pause their programs, as Michigan has done this week, because of the COVID thing. So I think it's a it's a success that there were some games played, and I'm glad for the players. I think to have the opportunity to play has been great for them, and I'm glad that they had that opportunity because to not have that opportunity would have been tr- tragic. But I also think that uh, it has put a, I don't know, I guess I'd call it an asterisk, if you will, uh, over this whole season because you're you're not in any kind of a routine. You're, you're getting tested every day. It is just a different way about doing business. And football, as you know, John, depends a lot upon routine, mm-hmm. um, meeting times at the same time, going through tests and not sure whether you're going to play the next day or be able to practice, uh, getting tested before a game, whether you're going to go travel, whether you're not. All that stuff takes a focus, in my opinion, off of what your job is, and that's to play football. And so, yeah, calling it unique is uh, truly an understatement. But I think the results of what we've seen uh, verify the fact that it has been unique. Well, and and on top of that, with the, the, the fact that football players and football programs and teams and franchises, whatever level you're talking about, they do operate with an itinerary, with a this is what you do on Monday, this is what you do Tuesday, all the way leading up to game time. But can you imagine, even if the times were consistent throughout the year, throughout the week, sitting in an offensive line room where half of your offensive line is in one room, half is in another room, Every once in a while, you get a chance. This for you guys, it obviously would have been Jerry Hanlon. He's in your room or he's in the other room, and you're trying to view him on video. There's been a number of challenges. How much? How well do you think Michigan has been able to handle those challenges and navigate those waters? 
Oh, I think they've been remarkable. You know, I mean, this season has been a disappointment from the wins and losses uh, perspective. But from navigating this entire COVID deal, I, I think Michigan's performance has been remarkable. I think Jim Harbaugh, uh, his staff, um, the medical professionals, and all of those guys have been absolutely A1 and almost perfect. Uh, because let's face it, the health and welfare and well-being of student-athletes are the most critical and most important part of a coach's job. And they've done a remarkable job and allowed these kids to compete and play their senior seasons and to play a season that they worked all summer for. I think Michigan's done a great job. And it's just sad that the virus is what it is. It, it is insidious and in that it can get to you anywhere. And um, the most important thing is the health and safety of the kids. And I think Jim Harbaugh and his staff and everybody, despite their record, which is disappointing to all of us, have done a great job in navigating this minefield-filled environment to to get to the playing field and to actually play games. And the whole goal, um, because we're all competitors, right, is to try and get through the season without having to hit the pause button. Michigan made it to week seven. They're two and four. We've seen Wisconsin miss a couple of weeks at the beginning of the year. We've seen Maryland. We've seen Illinois, Ohio State last week. And Michigan was able to make it longer than some of the other programs. Uh, it's just unfortunate that it's happening now in what was going to be. We don't know what's going to happen uh, December 19 with the crossover game, but this was going to be senior day. It was the last home game. Earlier this week, um, Kirk Herbstreet on Tuesday night, had he made a statement about Michigan opting out of the game because they wanted to screw Ohio State. I talked to Ward Manuel, and I, I'm sure you've heard the the audio of, of him talking about the fact that, hey, if they're on the schedule, we're going to play the schedule. It all comes down to, you know, what the doctors say um, as to whether they're going to let us get back out there and play. But when you heard the initial, you know, the initial narrative that Michigan may opt out simply to screw Ohio State, what were your thoughts I thought her, Kirk Herbstreit stepped in it big time. And, and I would go back to Ward's comments. And when he heard it at first, he said, there's a statement of a fool. Mm-hmm. And, John, I couldn't agree more. Uh, to suggest, and, and I'm like Ward right now, I'm getting mad. Because to suggest that Michigan might just opt out because that would be a good way. I'm sorry, but, and Kirk Herbstreit should know better. John. If you play football at the Division One level, guess what? You're a competitor. Mm-hmm. You want to play those games. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't care if I'm 0-10. The opportunity to put on my uniform, to put on that winged helmet, and get out there and play against my rival, are you kidding me? I, I, I want to do that more than anything. I'll do that with a broken leg, okay, because I'm competitive. And everybody that's in this program wants to do that. And to suggest anything otherwise to me, just shows you aren't in touch with reality. And you are foolish, especially on national television in the position he has. So I agree with Ward completely, John, and I know that you probably feel the same way. There's no way on God's green earth that Michigan uh, and the players and the program would opt out of playing against Ohio State, your rival, on the field just because they thought that might hurt Ohio State down the road in some national championship thing that, to be quite frank, 
is not necessarily a true indicator of who the national champion and best team is. No. Uh, and to go back to what we said, this is, is unique. The national champion is going to be unique. The Big Ten champion is going to be unique. I mean, everything that happens. Uh, and I'm glad I got you fired up because we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to talk to you about the first night game in Michigan Stadium against Notre Dame in 2011. I want you to keep that fiery passion because you were in the booth. You were part of that broadcast. And I want to hear your take when we come back. You're listening to Michigan Football from their field, IMG College. Well, welcome back. And as promised... I've got Jim Branstadter with us, the voice of Michigan football. I poked the bear in the in the middle of the last segment. I got them all fired <laughs> up. And this is, today we're going to be talking about the first night game in Michigan Stadium between Michigan and Notre Dame. If you can, Jim, take us back to the lead up to that game. What was, what was it, the feeling like and the excitement, the anticipation of actually playing a primetime game in the big house? It was surreal. I, I, I got to tell you, I mean, just waiting all day, it was the, the thing that was funny. Is it like I'm waiting for the sun to go down, you know, just because yes. it's a night game, right? So you're sitting there all day, the sun's up, everything's cool. It's like, this is a football day, but now I'm kind of like, come on, hurry up, sun, go down. It's a night game. We're going to turn on the lights. It's going to be a different environment. And uh, for those of us doing the game, I, I just couldn't wait for the sun to go down and get to the night game. It, I, the only thing I can liken it to would be to those people in Chicago who went to the first night game at Wrigley Field. Mm -hmm. After years and years of never having done that, now all of a sudden being there. And the other thing that added to it, it was Notre Dame. I mean, the two winningest programs in collegiate football history, battling in prime time, uh, the game itself was big enough to bring in 110,000, throw it under the lights for the first time at the big house, and it was like off the charts. It was like a constellation in the sky uh, exploding, a supernova. I just was delighted to be a part of it, man. Well, and and let's just talk about the structure itself, the big house, right? You and I have been around enough to where, and, and you, you uh, a year or two longer, that We've seen the the halo. Aren't you nice? Yes. <laughs> Aren't you nice? But we've Thanks, seen John. changes to the big house, right? And yeah. there was this 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 year where there was a halo put around the big house, and there was an uproar. It was taken down. We've seen the press box. We've seen the suites on the other side. We've seen, and you know, the the numbers continue to go up in terms of the capacity. If you think back, was everybody on board with putting lights? atop the big house? Not really. I know that there were some of the Michigan faithful that uh, the old timers that have been around uh, for a lot of years that said, Oh no, let's not conform to, you know, modern day football and all this and all that. And let's just keep our traditional look of playing in the afternoons. That's what we need to do. That's what Michigan's all about. And I can understand their argument, but the fact of the matter is times change. Mm -hmm. uh, economics, force you to do some certain things you may not want to do. And let's face it, the opportunity to go prime time uh, and, and become, you know, one of those television iconic programs, which Michigan already is, but to have the opportunity to play prime time to a bigger audience 
I mean, that's great for the kids. It's great for recruiting. It's great for the university. And economically, it's sound for the university because of the money that it can generate and the contract going forward uh, that the Big Ten conference signs with television networks. So all those things, I think, come into play in regards to that. But I think it also, let's face it, the fan base is getting younger. And let's be honest, playing a night game is kind of fun. And uh, I'm not a big fan of night games, to be honest with you, but once in a while, it becomes an event by itself. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that during a football season. No, and the event was Notre Dame coming to Ann Arbor to play that night game. The setting was there, and I've never been to a Super Bowl, but when you see it on TV at the kickoff, there's all of these flashes. Was it the same for the first night game? Was there a moment where everybody was in the stands taking pictures? Absolutely, absolutely. And everybody was dressed in maize. It was one of those yellow maize-out type of things. Mm-hmm. And, and I just remember the stadium filling up a lot earlier than normal because I think everybody like me, when I talk about this, wanted to see the sun go down. They wanted to see the stadium blanketed in a darkness. And then the lights provide all of the illumination. That's, that's kind of what everybody wanted to see. And I think they were taking pictures, you know, prior, I mean, when the band came out of the tunnel, there were pictures being taken at kickoff. There were pictures, the flashes went like crazy. And then, of course, the game was just unbelievable besides. And it was just one of those moments in time that you look back on and say, I'm just glad I was a part of it. I'm glad I was there. And I'm sure now, even though there was 110,000 people in the seats, there's probably 250,000 that say they were there. (laughs) That's the kind of night it was. Nobody didn't want to be there. So a lot of people who weren't there said they were. And I'll tell you this, a lot of people who didn't have tickets, came and tailgated and stayed outside anyway because they just wanted to be part of that event. And that, to me, uh, you know, supersedes uh, college football. That was a happening, and I was glad to be a part of it. And a part of that happening was Notre Dame jumps out to a 17-7 halftime lead. They go into the fourth quarter up 24-7. to Describe what it was like going into the fourth quarter and then take us through – Denard Robinson being able to manufacture that comeback, um, but but save that last play. I want to ask you about that last play um, okay. before we get well, to the end. But just going into the fourth quarter and, and, the, and the comeback and how it started. Well, John, going into the fourth quarter, it looked bleak. I mean, it looked bleak. But but we're in a booth. We, the one thing we know is that Denard is that special kind of player that he's the guy that can light a fire. He's a guy that can do something to ignite a team and an offense and everything, okay? And, and that, to me, gave us hope as we go into fourth quarter, and certainly that's exactly what Denard did. Mm-hmm. You know, they started to get back in it, and they started to make some plays. And, and the guy people don't realize who, who was big in that game is Jeremy Gallon. Mm-hmm. Jeremy Gallon as a receiver, he made some plays, man. And Denard kept going to him, and – that was kind of like, hey, look, we're, we're moving. We're, we're not out of this thing yet because we knew Denard could do some special things. Here, here's the most disappointing thing. We come back and we take the lead late, under a minute or what is it, a minute 30 or something to go. Yeah, Vincent Smith with they, the touchdown. Yeah, yeah. And, and then they hit a pass to their tight end, and we're, I'm in the booth screaming, where's our safety? <laughs> and, and I think 
God, who was it? Jordan? I forget. Anyway, I, they score a touchdown and take the lead with like 48 seconds. I'm going, how can we let this get away? I am so mad. I am up there in the booth like you, John. Sometimes you do. I'm pounding on the walls. I'm going, how could we let this get away? And then I'm thinking, hey, we need a miracle now. Well, we get the kick. I think we throw an incompletion. And then somehow, somehow, someway, Denard finds Gallon. And I give Notre Dame screwed their coverage up as bad as we did when their tight end scored to take the lead back with under two to play. Mm -hmm. And Gallon goes diagonally in front of our bench all the way in front of the Notre Dame sideline, but gets it down inside the 20. And I'm thinking, hey, this is crazy, but we got a shot. And I'm, before we get to the last play, screaming, take a timeout, take a timeout. And they go right to the line at scrimmage. And I'm thinking, here we go, baby. Oh, my goodness. And so to set the scene, like, because you did the, a great job, all right? Michigan scores, and then Notre Dame goes down to, to retake the lead. There's 30 seconds left on the clock. Michigan has the ball on the 20-yard line. They're looking the length of the field. They get it down and there's two seconds left on the clock. The ball is snapped to Denard Robinson. Take us through your call. Well, the one thing I can remember was I thought to myself, he's got to throw it in the end zone. Denard, don't throw it short. You know, I'm, I'm thinking of all the things that go wrong like a color announcer does, and I'm looking at our formation, and I see to the near sideline, to the Michigan sideline, I see man coverage on our wideout, and I'm thinking, he's lined up. Inside, you know, he's not at the hash, but he's not right near the sideline. I said, this is a fade look over here, and it's man coverage. That's exactly, I think, what would Denard would like. But I'm also looking the other side of the field, and I'm thinking, no, nah, their safeties are over there. And don't throw it short. Well, they snapped the ball fast because they didn't take that time out. And so they get to the line of scrimmage, and everything is kind of confused. And I think to some degree, John, that may have helped Michigan because I think that Notre Dame defense just said, we'll go back to our standard, whatever we are, and we'll go man over here on this on, on the wide side of the field. Well, or the short side, I think. They went man into the boundary. And so I think that really helped Michigan because everybody else in Notre Dame was playing that standard-based defense they had. So Denard didn't really have a difficult read. He didn't have to change the coverage look. And he just went back, saw Roundtree going on the fade. He threw a perfect ball. Roundtree went up and made the catch. He was interfered with, and I was shocked. I sat there, and I, you know what I did? I sat down, and I said to myself, this is unbelievable. And the crowd, of course, was great. We were wearing headsets. We could still hear the crowd through the headsets. Mm. Uh, it was unbelievable, and what a great finish. And one of the greatest finishes I've ever been around, that one and Anthony Carter's touchdown against Indiana way back in the day. Uh, to break a tie, to win uh, with no time left on the clock are the two biggest finishes that I can ever remember at Michigan Stadium in all my years doing games. It's, uh, well, you, it, you take me right back because I was listening onto the radio. I was listening to you and Frank make that call, and I think I've always wanted to say this, but thank you for bringing the excitement to the Wolverines that couldn't be there, whether we're <laughs> former players or just fans or alumni. It was amazing to hear it. Well, it was amazing to be there, and that's our job. It's, our job is to bring that stadium to you wherever you were. 
I don't know whether you were in Washington or somewhere preparing for a football game, but I'll tell you, that's our job. And as long as we take you to Michigan Stadium and bring you that excitement, then that's all I need, and I appreciate the compliment. Well, Mr. Brandstadter, thank you for the look back. We appreciate it, uh, and I hope that uh, you get a chance to enjoy uh, the broadcast that you were a part of and the moments uh, and the history that you've been a part of. I've been very lucky, very fortunate, and uh, that was one of the more fortunate ones to be a part of. So, hey, I'm enjoying it myself, so thanks, Jen. All right, we'll talk to you soon. Jim Brandstatter, you're listening to Michigan Football, brought to you from Learfield IMG College. We're moments away from this edition of Michigan Football Classics. Let's head out to the big house for some final pregame thoughts from the men who called this great game, Frank Beckman, Jim Brandsatter, and Doug Karsh. They'll also bring you today's coin toss, which is presented by Rude. Everybody loves a flyover, and we got one tonight as well. It's some kind of night here in Ann Arbor. Brings you back to the days, Brando. I'm sure you remember this. Back before Lewis L. Bell wrote the pictures, back in 1926. You know what Michigan's fight song was recognized to be at the time before the victors? Was it varsity? There'll be a hot time in the old (laughs) town tonight. That was recognized as the fight song, and that's what we've got tonight. You talk about throwback, we've got a throwback. We do indeed. And, Frank, think about this. In your mind, you think about the Michigan tradition and all that. Do you think that... Fielding H. Yost, way back in 1924, when he had the concept of this stadium and the idea that college football could generate this kind of interest. You think he had tonight's game in mind? Yeah. That's why he made the stadium capable of expansion and to to have the capability someday of life. I couldn't agree with you more. Yep. Right now the captain's meeting out at the center of the field, along with our referee, Thomas Tomzik. That's a tail. What are you going to call? J.B. Fitzgerald out there for Michigan with Mike Martin, Kevin Coger, and David Mulk. For Notre Dame, Harrison Smith, along with Zach Martin, the offensive lineman. Smith, the safety. Notre Dame wins the toss, defers, and uh, Michigan will get the ball first. Injuries during the week, Jim. Fitz Toussaint. Banged himself up in practice. May play a little tonight, but we're expecting Michael Shaw to start. Cam Gordon still out with a sore back. And here's the big story. Brandon Heron, who scored the two touchdowns last week on defense, hurt in practice this week, expected to be replaced at weak side linebacker by freshman linebacker Desmond Morgan out of Holland West Ottawa High School. How about that? Unbelievable. How many times have we said it, though, in regards to Michigan football? Schembechler was the one who started it. The expectation is for the position, not the individual. So freshman Desmond Morgan, you're going to have to step in and play like a veteran outside linebacker like last week when Brandon Heron stepped in for Cam Gordon and obviously had one of the games of his lifetime. Keys to the game brought to you by your Michigan Ford dealers. Brando? No turnovers for the Wolverines. Play a clean game without any penalties. On defense, pressure, pressure, pressure. On Tommy Reese, two. Much better job in special teams, both return game and coverage. For Notre Dame, the keys are simple. Don't turn it over and get Michael Floyd involved. If they do that, Notre Dame's going to have some fun tonight 
and Michigan's going to have to be wary. So there you go. The keys to the game and our coin toss presented by Rude. You can rely on Rude. One more timeout, then we'll get the classic broadcast going. Michigan, Notre Dame, under the lights of the big house back in 2011. You're listening to Michigan Football from Learfield IMG College. The first primetime game in Michigan Stadium history is upon us. Michigan and Notre Dame from September 10th, 2011. Let's head out to the stadium and join the crew for this historic game. Frank Beckman, Jim Brandstatter, and Doug Karsh. Vincent Smith and Jeremy Gallon are back deep for the opening kickoff from the Irish. Just about set to go. Kyle Brinza, who went to high school with Brennan Byer at Plymouth Canton. Moves forward. He kicks it off, and we're underway with flash bulbs popping here in Ann Arbor. And the kickoff received at the three by Vincent Smith, angling left of the 15 to the 20. Eludes one tackler and then is grabbed around the shoulder pads and ridden down by Austin Collinsworth, the uh, backup Notre Dame defender who is the son of the football commentator Chris Collinsworth. A 17-yard opening kick return. And the Wolverines go on offense at their own 23-yard line with Denard Robinson at quarterback. Ricky Barnum making his first start of the year at left guard. Sat out last week's game, a discipline issue. David Mulk at center. Patrick Omame at right guard. Mark Hugie right tackle. Taylor Lewan is the left tackle. Denard's in the gun, and he's got Michael Shaw with him. Three receivers split out to the right. Denard looks over that four-man front from the left hash, and he's going to take off and run on the first play. Find some room up the middle. And Denard's got six, seven yards up to the 30-yard line and is brought down by Ethan Johnson, the defensive end for Notre Dame. They came out with a four-man look in that defensive line. They usually go with a 3-4 defense, but they'll shift around, Jim. They'll put a linebacker in a three-point stance. And Notre Dame defense last year was shredded by Denard for 532 total yards by the Wolverines offense. Denard had 502 of it. 258 rushing, an all-time record for a quarterback. Here's Denard running right and looking for room. Cuts it back as he runs into a wall of white-shirted Irish defenders and down he goes for a loss. Back on the 27, and it's Notre Dame star linebacker, Manti Teo, who's a candidate for the Butkus, Bednarik, Lombardi, and Nagurski Awards, who got through there and stopped Denard for a three-yard loss that makes it third down and six. Real clear by that play, Notre Dame defensively, very concerned about their perimeter, their edges. Last week they got hurt. This week... They don't want to let Denard Robinson get outside and get in space. Roy Roundtree out wide to the left. Hemingway slot left. Out to the right, Jeremy Gallon. And we got movement up front. Illegal procedure against the Wolverines. And that doesn't help. Now you're third down at 11. Third down. Well, last week, Notre Dame was killed by penalties against South Florida. They had eight of them in the ballgame, and four were personal fouls. Unlike the Irish of last year, when they were seventh in the nation in fewest penalties. And only four and a half per game last year. Well, you don't like this starting the game for Michigan. Uh, opening it up, we a good play on first down, and then on second down, you lose yards, and then you come out on third down and get a penalty, put yourself in third and 11. Last week, the Wolverines had only one penalty for five yards. They've already got one for five in this game. Third down, 11, Denard to throw. Four-man rush, firing it out. 
outside route. Ball's thrown very low and incomplete out in the left flat for Kelvin Grady. And that'll bring up fourth down. The Wolverines go three and out on their opening possession despite that seven-yard gain by Denard on the first play of the ball game. And now out comes Matt Weil, the freshman, to punt this ball away to John Goodman. John Goodman standing back at his own 35. High snap. Weil pulls it down nicely and recovers to kick it away to Goodman, who doesn't fair catch it. He eludes one man and then gets brought down around the 43-yard line. Jimmy he caught that ball, and he's so surprised Marvin Robinson that Marvin just ran right by him and didn't realize that Goodman had not made a fair catch. Uh, give Matt Weil a big tip of the hat. That was a poor snap, high and to his right. And he had to climb the ladder to go get it and was able to get the kick off and at least put Notre Dame on the other side of the 50. Let's go downstairs to crash and get a feel for the atmosphere down on the sideline. Well, it's just crazy. It's loud. It was emotional in the pregame. It's like nothing we've seen here at Michigan Stadium. And you should see the former players back to support Michigan. They are out in force. Tommy Reese at quarterback. Sierra Wood in that shotgun with him. And he splits four receivers wide. And they're going to run Sierra Wood off right tackle. And he splits a little seam there and fights his way forward over midfield into Michigan territory. Jordan Kovacs comes up from safety to make the stop. But it's a 10-yard pickup, making it 11 yards for Sierra Wood. And a first down last week, Sierra Wood 104 yards, the first Notre Dame rusher since 09 to go over 100. And the Irish are going up tempo, going no huddle here, Frank. And that's kind of, I think, a surprise as to what Michigan was looking from them tonight. Desmond Morgan making the started linebacker with Kenny Demons. Four-man front. Here comes Wood. Little trap play left side. Morgan knives in, grabs him. But Wood keeps those drives moving, those legs driving, and he gets down to the 41 for five yards. Let's go downstairs where Crash is now joined by the newest Michigan legend, Desmond Howard. Yeah, Desmond, an emotional pregame for you, and you still seem a little emotional. What's this like? You know, it's really hard to put this into words. You, you think about the Michigan tradition, which which has um, lasted many, many years. So to be the first of anything, especially involved in the football program, is just uh, truly an honor. So, man, to have this um, this honor bestowed on me leaves me kind of speechless. It's, it's, it's really, really an emotional night for me, like you said. Congratulations. Here's Reese on a bootleg left, firing near sideline down to the 20, and he's got it to Michael Floyd, who makes the grab. He is ridden out of bounds by Thomas Gordon at the 20-yard line. 21 yards. Well, the run fake to the running back, Sierra Wood, got Reese out of the pocket free and clear. He had all kinds of time on a roll to his left to survey the field because Michigan bought the run fake. And Reese just waited, waited, and when Floyd came free, had all the time in the world to find him. Floyd's a great receiver, setting every Irish record. Here's the handoff to Wood, picking his way up the middle nicely, fights down to the 15 to the 10, first and goal at the 9-yard line. The tackle finally made by Courtney Avery down there. Let's set that Michigan defense, which so far has been unable to stop the Irish. you got Mike Martin in the middle of that line along with Ryan Van Bergen. Jake Ryan starting for the second straight week with Will Heidinger. And you got Jabril Black in there now. Kenny Devins at one linebacker, Desmond Morgan at the other. JT Floyd on one corner at the other is Troy Wolfolk. Well, check that, Courtney Avery there. Troy's not in there right now. First and goal, Notre Dame. 
Single setback for Tommy Reese, operating from the left hash at the Michigan 9. He fumbled the snap. He picks it up. He dives forward, and I think he got it back. But right now, Brian Kelly's heart is in his throat, Brando, after three red zone turnovers last week by his Irish offense. His quarterback fumbles a snap on first and goal. I was just going to comment that this looks like the beginning of last week's game for Notre Dame. They moved the ball smartly last week, and their opening drive got right down in the red zone and turned it over. Yeah, turned it over for a 96-yard fumble return for a touchdown the other way. Right. Second down, goal to go, call it the 10. Bump and run coverage on the wideouts. Reese. The sophomore quarterback out of Lake Forest, Illinois, in the gun. He pitches at the Sierra Wood on a misdirection. Look, he stumbles, and the Wolverines defense gets there with Kenny Demons first. Craig Rowe over there as well. It's a gain of three down to the seven-yard line, third down and goal to go. You know, Reese played last year when Dane Crisp got hurt against Michigan in South Bend. He went 0 for 2 passing. His first pass of his career Brian Kelly called a flea flicker, and he got it intercepted. Well, that time, Greg Madison dialed up the pressure. He sent his young linebacker, Morgan, into the backfield to create a problem for Notre Dame. Well, they're coming again. They got seven up front. It looks like Demons is going to blitz, too. Reese changing the play three wide. Here it comes, everybody. The pass down to the goal line, and it is caught on the right side for a touchdown by Theo Riddick. The junior wide receiver out of Manville, New Jersey. Well, they went to the slot receiver on the goal line, and and Michigan did not play the the, the outcut quick enough, and they were unable to make the play on Riddick. Last week, Riddick dropped passes and dropped punts, but on that play for Notre Dame's first touchdown, he was right on it. Well, Thomas Gordon was in coverage and just could not get there quickly enough. A seven-yard touchdown pass. The Irish go on top. Now, David... Ruffer out to attempt the extra point. Good snap and hold. The kick is up and good. And Ruffer, the former intramural football player, adds point number seven for the Irish. 55 yards in seven plays for Notre Dame. They lead it 7-0 over the Wolverines with 9.05 remaining here in the first quarter. So the big house, which was popping at the opening kickoff, quiets down a bit after Notre Dame's first offensive drive, an impressive one that led to a score. Plenty more on this edition of Michigan Football Classics to come. You're listening to Michigan Football from Learfield IMG College. Michigan football brought to you by Rocket Mortgage. Hey, Michigan fans, if you want the competitive advantage to score a new home, Rocket can. Let's bring you the end of the first quarter from this 2011 Michigan-Notre Dame matchup. The Irish lead 7-zip, and they're looking for more. Notre Dame went 55 yards in seven plays on their opening possession. Scored a touchdown on a pass from Tommy Reese to Theo Riddick. And now they've marched from their own 17 in seven plays down to the Michigan 22, where they have a first down. Their defense has held Michigan to three and out on both of their first two possessions. And things have not, it's not possible to do better than Notre Dame's done so far. Now they got five wide, including three receivers bunched to the left of the line of scrimmage. The ball's on the right hash for Reese. Who's alone in the backfield. He's going to throw in a quick slant. It's caught inside the 15 to the 10-yard line by Michael Floyd. Courtney Avery comes up to make the hit and the tackle at the 8-yard line, along with Marvin Robinson. 
First down and goal to go. Let's go downstairs to Crash. Yeah, just an injury update on Terrence Talbert. Hurt in punt coverage. It is his right hamstring. He's having an ice down on the training table, and his return is doubtful. Now, on that play, Frank, again, Desmond Morgan showed his blitz early, and he got up into the line of scrimmage. Reese read it, and he went to the man, Floyd, who was there where Morgan came from. Notre Dame with two tight ends, and they had the ball off Sierra Wood. Big hole on the left side. He barrels his way down to the four. Well, good blocking up front. Jake Ryan and Desmond Morgan got moved out of there. Kenny Demons and Morgan will get credit for the tackle, but not until the ball got to the four. Second down, goal to go. Part of that inexperience, you know, with Morgan playing his first game as a freshman, you show that blitz early like he did on that previous play, Frank, and, and Reese reads it, and he vacates an area, and Reese goes right over the top of it to his receiver, Floyd. you got to hang back and make it a surprise when you blitz. Notre Dame, three tight ends in the lineup. Sear Wood, the running back, gets the call, picks his way, a little cut back to the left. He finds a seam to the end zone. Touchdown, Irish. Now, these two drives have been too easy. And Brady Hoke right now cannot be happy with his defense. An 83-yard drive by Notre Dame in 10 plays. Sierra Wood scoring from three yards out. The Irish have a 13-0 lead with under two minutes to go here in the first quarter. And they're threatening to turn the lights out on the Wolverines in a hurry. Extra point try now by David Ruffer is on the way, and the kick is good. So Notre Dame with a 14-0 lead over Michigan. And they've come to spoil the party in Ann Arbor. They're doing a heck of a job of it right now. Back here in Ann Arbor, the crowd just let out a roar when Charles Woodson was introduced. The 1997 Heisman Trophy winner, part of that national championship team. And Charles raised his right fist, which had that national championship ring adorned on it, just glistening in the lights here in Ann Arbor. 14 to nothing, Notre Dame. The Wolverines have had the ball for only 3 minutes, 43 seconds, and don't have a first down yet. The kickoff by Brinza sails down to the goal line. Here comes Vincent Smith up the middle, 10-15. And, boy, he's just got no help. And he fights and carries tacklers out to the 20-yard line. Kendall Moore, the backup linebacker, will get credit for the tackle after a 20-yard return. Frank Beckman, Jim Brandstatter, Doug Karsh, with our engineer Tony Butler, our spotter Brett Curley, and Marty Hallis could not be here tonight as our statistician. The man who fills that role's expectation is John Beckman. Those are big shoes to fill. Out of the eye now. Play action fake. Bootleg to the right. Desmond takes off. Dodges a man. Slips and falls. And loses the football momentarily. But he's got it there at the 19. Oh, Brando. He had a receiver. Open crossing down the middle of the field. But he chose to try to run it. And got nothing. There's a play where, again... Denard's just got to be more decisive. When he comes out of there, you see that receiver, it's plant that foot and throw it. Um, The idea of running and throwing and getting that mixed up and deciding which one to go is not going to serve you as well as making a quick, solid decision. So it's second down, call it 10 to go. Denard's just going to run to 
to the left, and now he cuts it all the way back to the right sideline, and he gets the first first down of the ball game for the Wolverines out over the 30 to the 32 or 33-yard line. And that was just Denard Robinson's wheels that made that play work. Well, there was no decision there to be made, throw or run. He was going to run it all the way, and he made something out of it. And maybe that'll... You know, jumpstart this offense a little bit. A broken play? Absolutely. Anything to get the offense jumpstarted. Any way to keep the Notre Dame defense out there a little bit longer. Two tight ends. Brandon Moore on the left. Kevin Coger on the right. Round tree split right. And here's a just a power-off tackle play. Running to the right. Stephen Hopkins. And he powers his way for a couple. Out to about the 35 or 6-yard line. He had Ricky Barnum pulling in front of him. John McColgan leading the way. And... That's just old-fashioned road grader football yeah, there, Brando. And one of the things, too, you want to do when you come out here offensively, they have just gone two drives long distance for scores. you got to give your defense a little bit of a rest. you got to possess the ball some. So your attitude offensively, I think, from Al Borges' standpoint, changes a bit. Second down, call it eight to go. Out of the gun. Denard's going to throw. Pumps left. Now throws screen right. Overthrows everybody and gets it picked off at the 39-yard line by Gary Gray. Oh, my goodness. He threw that ball over the lineman's head in the screen. He had nowhere near Vincent Smith. And Denard didn't even look before he threw. He kind of faked to the left and then threw where he thought his receiver was going to be. You've got to see that man open and make sure you get the ball into him. He threw it right to the Notre Dame player. So... Notre Dame takes over on the first turnover by the Wolverines this year, already leading 14 to nothing. On the final play of the first quarter, they pick off Denard Robinson. Certainly, this was a game to remember, but a first quarter to forget. 14 nothing Notre Dame. You're locked into Michigan football from Learfield IMG College. We're listening back to Michigan's thrilling win over Notre Dame from 2011. Certainly was not thrilling at the outset, though. Wolverines down 14-0, and the Fighting Irish have the football. Did you know that right now, GEICO is offering an extra 15% credit on car, motorcycle, and RV policies? That's on top of what GEICO could already save you. So what are you waiting for? Visit GEICO.com to learn more. Now let's return to Frank, Jim, and Doug for more second quarter action. Reese in the gun. Throws a quick screen out right side to Michael Floyd. Boy, what a movie made up the sideline. He got outside of the defender, Gordon. Races up the sideline to the 30, 35, to the 36-yard line before Wolfolk made the tackle along with Brandon Hawthorne. First down, they move the ball quickly, 21 yards. Call it the 35. Get the ball to your playmaker in space. That's all that was. Just turn, throw it to him, and if he's got a little room, get one block, and he'll get the rest. Yeah, well, he's only six foot five and 224 pounds, and he runs a 4-5-40, Brando. Quite the player. Here's Jonas Gray out of Detroit Country Day, left side, and he gets stuffed in the hole by Jabril Black. And then gets hit by Mike Martin and got about a yard on the play. That'll be it. Second and nine for the Irish on their own 36. Michigan up front now with Ryan Van Bergen and Mike Martin in that defensive front. Jabril Black is there as well. They're going with three down linemen this time. Brandon Hawthorne is at the right defensive end, but he's in a two-point stance. Reese 
in the gun. Blitz coming. He's going to go deep left sideline for Floyd. He goes up and makes a one-handed grab out of bounds. Oh, my goodness. That was unbelievable, that effort right there against Troy Wolfolk. And Wolfolk might have gotten it out of his hand there as he was coming down, but it was out of bounds. It'll bring up third down and nine. And Wolfolk's going to have to come out of the game again. I think he's a little upset. That ankle's just not holding up. Well, and that hand is all wrapped up as well. Yeah, he's limping as he runs across the field. So Courtney Avery replaces him once again. Marvin Robinson in as a fifth defensive back. You got Gordon back there with J.T. Floyd. Robinson. And uh, Courtney Avery and Notre Dame has just used its final timeout of the first half, Brando, with 11-12 to go. Well, Reese saw something he didn't like at all. And he immediately turned to Brian Kelly and called the timeout. So third down and nine for the Irish on their own 36. The backfield five wide. Michigan's got two, four, six, eight, nine, ten men along the line. All 11 defenders on the line of scrimmage now. Bump and run on all five wide. Here's Reese back to throw. Michigan drops seven into coverage. Pass to Floyd. Intercepted on the near sideline on a diving effort in front of him. And the Wolverines get it back at the Notre Dame 43-yard line. Greg Madison again. They lined up everybody on the line of scrimmage, okay? But then they backed out. It was just a three-man rush. And it was Jordan Kovacs who made the diving pick. Right, but they backed everybody out. So Reese thought he was going to get a heavy blitz. So he went to a hot guy. But they backed everybody out. And Kovacs was able to make a diving interception because he tried to go to Floyd. And Michigan had Floyd bracketed. Kovacs short, another corner deep. Kovacs made the play. So the Wolverines' defense comes up with a big play at the Notre Dame 45. High formation under center, Denard Robinson, McColgan, and Hopkins behind him. Hand off, left tackle, Hopkins plows forward for a couple. That's it, down to the 43. Brought down by Manti Teo and Lewis Nix third, a sophomore out of Jacksonville, Florida, who's checked in for that defensive front. Second down and eight, Michigan. Boy, the running game has not gotten into gear either, has it? 45 yards for the Wolverines on the ground. That's it. Bernard Robinson again under center. Brings Hemingway in motion left where Gallon is set. He fakes to Hopkins. He's looking left to throw. Scrambling to his right now. Fires it deep left side. Hemingway adjusts to the under throw. Makes the grab at the five. Spins past the defender. Reaches out with the right hand and places the ball on the pylon. Touchdown, Michigan. What a play by Junior Hemingway. And the Wolverines are on the board with a 43-yard touchdown pass from Robinson to Hemingway against Gary Gray, who was back there trying to defend. How appropriate, Frank. For number 21 tonight, on this night, honoring Desmond Howard and getting that patch on that jersey to make that play, to get Michigan off the dime and back into this ball game. Great protection coming off a run-action look and then reacting back to an underthrown ball and then doing the rest after the catch to get in the end zone, although they will replay the catch to see whether Junior got into the end zone. Oh, I thought he stretched the ball out well, the question, and touched Brad, the pylon. The question won't be whether the ball touched the pylon. It will be whether his knee was on the ground as he was reaching out. That will be the question that they will answer, I'm sure, on the replay. Well, we await the decision. The referee tonight, Thomas Tomzik. The umpire is Mark Pellis. The headlinesman is Kevin McGrath. 
The line judge, Jim Casey. The field judge, Daniel Gallagher. James Brennan, the side judge. Paul Fargo is the back judge. And uh, we're still awaiting the decision from the replay booth. One thing give Junior on that one is a great reaction back to the underthrown ball. And that's one of those where the receiver sees the ball before the defender. The ruling on the field stands. 43-yard touchdown pass. Denard Robinson to Junior Hemingway. It's 14-6 pending the extra point try by Brendan Gibbons. Well, sometimes, you know, you got to get picked up. The offense struggling. The defense picks him up with a couple of three outs, then a turnover. Now the offense gets back on track with one big play. Jareth Glanda for the snap to Drew Dillio. The extra point is in the air and good. So the Wolverines cut the Notre Dame lead in half just like that. Set up by the Jordan Kovacs interception. Junior Hemingway, two plays later, catches the long pass from Denard, adjusting to the underthrow. And it's 14-7, Notre Dame. And uh, Brando's right crash, so appropriate that number 21 would make that grab, wearing, for the first time ever, the Legends decal on the jersey. Well, and John Falk, Michigan's equipment manager, just came up to say, did you guys notice it was 21? Well, yeah, Johnny, we noticed it was 21. But then he said, I like this idea. I got to get all the numbers back. I can't. Great story there and a great turn of events for the Maize and Blue. 14-7 Notre Dame in this 2011 version of Michigan Football Classics. More coming your way after this from Learfield IMG College. couple of stops, one per defense, bringing us to this point of the third quarter, 17-7 Irish in this 2011 matchup at Michigan Stadium. Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan is committed to providing members access to the care they need whenever and wherever they need it. Blue Cross is here for it all and always will be. Now, let's head back to the action. The Irish scored two touchdowns in the first quarter. A seven-yard pass to Theo Riddick. From Tommy Reese to start it, then Sierra Wood a three-yard run. Junior Hemingway's got Michigan's touchdown on a 43-yard pass in the second period. David Ruffer, a 38-yard field goal in the second. Notre Dame with the ball. Sierra Wood gets the handoff. He's hit on the left side, fumbles the ball at the 30-yard line, and it looks like Michigan may have recovered, and the Wolverines have done it again on defense. Their third turnover as Wood coughed it up, and down at the bottom of the pile, Coming out of there with the football. That's big Will Campbell. Will Campbell's got it, you betcha. How about that? Will Campbell with his biggest play as a Wolverine. Let's go down to crash very quickly. Yeah, guys, Greg Madison talking about improving the rush defense in the second half, and big Will got the start next to Mike Martin in the middle of that D-line. So obviously, I think Will's going to provide something. He provided something there but they think he's going to provide something in the rush defense. Notre Dame turns it over for the third time on the Michigan 29. Boy, the Wolverines are leading the charm life right now. Denard fakes the handoff, drops the throw, looking near sideline, delivers, diving effort in and out of the hands of Junior Hemingway out at the 47. Now, I know he let him a little much there, Brando, but that's a catchable ball. That is a catchable ball, and it's exactly where it's supposed to be in receivers. Know that when you're breaking out toward the sideline, that quarterback's going to lead you, and it's going to be low and away because that's the only place you can put it where the defender doesn't get a shot at it. And uh, that's the catch you've got to make as an offensive player. Uh, Junior's shaking his head and slapping his hands. He knows it. 
He comes out split to the left once again. Round tree to the right. Denard's under center with an eye formation. Now he comes out from under David Moak, changes the play. Second and ten, he goes back, is on a draw up the middle to Hopkins. Puts those shoulders down, plows straight ahead, and gets it out to about the 32 for three yards. It'll be third down and seven. Dan Fox made the tackle for Notre Dame from his inside linebacking spot. Well, the running game last week averaged over seven yards per attempt. And it's nowhere near that in this ballgame. The Wolverines are averaging better than four yards a carry. Denard's got 10 carries for 77. But the running backs have only nine yards total in five carries. Denard on third down and seven. Drops the throw. Got plenty of room to run if he wants. Fires instead to Coger for a first down at the 43. Oh, my, did he take a hit from Harrison Smith, the safety. But he held on to the ball, and the Wolverines moved the chains with only their fourth first down. Check that fifth first down of the ballgame. Great job by the O-line, too. The pocket spread everybody to the outside and left Denard a great passing lane up the middle to get the ball to Coger who found a little soft spot in the zone for the first down catch. Well, Denard could have run it too, couldn't he, Brando? Easy. Michael Shaw checks in a tailback behind the fullback, McCogan in the eye. Denard directly under center, fakes to Shaw, drops the throw, down the middle, he throws, and it's going to be intercepted at the 28-yard line. It was picked off by the nickelback, Zeke Mata, and an ill-advised throw in the double coverage down there. The pass was underthrown, and Mata... Just had to wait for it to come down and pick it off. The problem is that's a two-deep zone, and you got two safeties back there playing center field. you got a receiver running right between them. Those two guys are going to collapse on that route, which they did, and Denard has got to read that safety. If that safety does not come up or get stretched wide, that ball will get picked off every time, and it did. Jeremy Gallon was the intended receiver, but he never had a chance to make the grab. Notre Dame football again. The defenses have taken over. It's 17-7. Irish, 6.08 to go here in the third quarter. Reese in the shotgun. Sierra Wood to his left. Hand off Wood. Sweep to the right. He cuts it back against the grain. Makes a man miss with a nifty little cut to the 45 to the 50. And Kovacs runs him down and tackles him at the Michigan 47. That's a pickup of 24 yards. And Wood goes over the 100-yard mark on 18 carries for the second straight week. Their success running has been to Michigan's edges. You know, they've gotten outside, and they've got the cutbacks working, and that's where they've been very successful. Reese saw Blitz coming from his left, and he's now checking off. From the right hash in the gun, he hands the ball to Wood again, sweeping right, runs into traffic, and here comes the posse, Kenny Devins. Makes the tackle after Wood made Van Bergen, or uh, Black miss. See, I saw that coming from the left, Frank, and checked into a play going right. Michigan, though, was there with a defense to stop it. No gain on the play, second down and ten. But it's a pattern we've seen where if Michigan shows a blitz early, if they give up their position to Reese, he's going to check away from where Michigan is ascending extra bodies. Notre Dame has outgained Michigan 373 yards to 141. The amazing thing is they only lead by 10. 17 to 7. Second down and 10 for Reese and the Irish on the Michigan 47. Right hash. 
Handoff Wood once again, slowed up in the middle by Demons. And Wood fights down to the 42 for five yards. Mike Martin finished him off after Demons slowed him. Third down and five coming up for the Irish. And Wood is a little slow to get up. Now he comes out, replaced by Jonas Gray, who's a bigger back. In terms of weight, Gray goes 5'10 and 230. Wood, 6'215. Third down and five Irish, and they will have Gray to the left of Reese in the shotgun. Where's Floyd? Three receivers, and Floyd is the first one off the line to the left, wide side. And he's got J.T. Floyd, man up against him. Bump and run on the three wide. Reese to the left, throws to Floyd. He's in the open, 30, down to the 26 from behind. He's grabbed and tackled by J.T. Floyd. First down Irish as J.T. Floyd makes another catch. He now has 11 catches in the ballgame. For 149 yards, he got 16 more right there. Boy, what a season he's having. 23 catches in two weeks, and he's still got almost 19 minutes of football left tonight. Just runs a simple outcut. J.T. Floyd's got to be tighter on him than that. He took away the inside, but gave away the outside, and Floyd took it, and Reese found him. Well, the defense has come up with three turnovers for Michigan. They could use another here. The ball on the 27. Hand off to Wood. He's stacked up in the backfield. Ryan Van Bergen hit him first. Here comes a flag from the umpire that should be holding. It generally is when the umpire throws that flag. You know, I kind of like those Tams that they're wearing out Aren't there. They're good. Officials. They're kind of cute. They really are. I wear those in Ireland when I play golf. Holding. 39 defense. 10-yard penalty. Oh, they called Will Heidinger for grabbing an offensive lineman and pulling him out of the way, allowing one of his teammates to make penetration. You don't see that call very often. (laughs) Brady Hoke's having a few words for the linesman on that, too, isn't he? Well, I won't. I got to tell you, Brady's talked to the officials more today than I can remember ever. Wait till Brady sees the film on this. Okay. I won't even describe to you what happened, but Heininger was about five yards away from the play, which was being made before he ever got close to a man. First down Irish. Lob pass. Left corner of the end zone to Michael Floyd. J.T. Floyd goes up, backs it away. Michael wants to know where the flag is, and this time there is none. And again, if you've got him singled up, I'm telling you, Notre Dame is just going to go there. Tommy Reese did not look anywhere. He took the snap, turned his head left, said, where's number three? Threw it out there. J.T. Floyd made a play on it. Second down, 10 to go at the Michigan 16. Jonas Gray in the backfield. To the right of Reese in the shotgun. Where's Floyd? Split out to the left this time. J.T. man up against him. They're going to run the ball with Gray going left, and Kenny Demons fights off a blocker. And makes the tackle at the 16, the 15-yard line for a one-yard gain on the play. Kenny Devins having a terrific game for Michigan at middle linebacker. Big third down here. And again, if you're Michigan, you've got to look. And where is Notre Dame's number three? Again, where is he, Frank? He's lining up closest receiver split right of Tommy Reese. Out of five wide, two to the left, that's the short side. Three to the right. Floyd is the first to the right of the line. The ball is on the right hash at the 15. Third down and nine. Here comes Kovacs over to bump Floyd. They'll double team him. Reese looks the other way. Now comes back over the middle. And he completes it to Jones on a crossing route. He is going to get down 
to about the five-yard line and then cut it upfield and gets into the end zone for a Notre Dame touchdown. What a terrific run after the catch by T.J. Jones. Notre Dame on third down and nine goes to one of its other receivers, and Tommy Reese connects for a 15-yard score. Too much time. Just too much time. And Van Slyke, who was in there in that play, just couldn't hang the speed of T.J. Floyd. And that was it. T.J. Jones, T.J. Jones with a 15-yard touchdown grab. The Irish lead at 23-7. to And now here comes David Ruffer for the point after attempt. It's on the way and good. Notre Dame 24, Michigan 7. With 2.13 to go here in the third quarter. That silenced the Michigan Stadium crowd for now. 24-7 Irish. We're back with the rest of the third quarter after this. Here on Michigan Football from Learfield IMG College. We're listening back to the 2011 Michigan-Notre Dame game. Wolverines down 24-7, needing a spark. Hey, Wolverines, if you need a home loan to fit your team and budget, Rocket can. Rocket Mortgage, proud mortgage provider of Michigan Athletics. Now, here's the rest of the third quarter. In the margin of error for Michigan with 205 left in the third, Frank down 24-7. Really just got razor thin. You, you've got to now start making drives and thinking about getting in four-down territory. Uh, if, if you want to come back and win the ball game, and, and you got to possess the ball, and you got to have some quick strikes, uh, that's what it's going to take now. If you still have designs on coming back and winning this thing, Denard in trouble. He fires on the move. There's heavyweight breaking open at the 40, 45, 50. Off to the races, being chased from behind by Blanton, who's got the angle at the 10, at the 8, and he shoves him out of bounds at the Notre Dame five-yard line. Robert Blanton saved a touchdown. Denard Robinson somehow kept that play alive after he was hit in the backfield and had a defender holding his legs. He found Hemingway streaking down the field and hit him when Gray missed on a diving tackle. Junior Hemingway was racing up the field. And he goes some 67 yards. Now Michigan with a first down and the handoff goes to Michael Shaw trying to bounce outside to the left. He's going to lose ground and run out of bounds at the eight. Prince Shembo made penetration. Harrison Smith made the tackle. On the previous play to Hemingway, the key there too, Frank, is Hemingway staying with it. He didn't stop running a route. He knew that Denard would have a shot, stayed with it. Denard got him the ball, and off he went. By the way, the yardage, uh, I was corrected by my statistician, whom I should have trusted in the first place, John (laughs) Beckman, who said it was 77 yards. Will you just listen to what I say? 77 yards to Junior Hemingway. Second down, goal to go. Denard play action fake, rolls right. He's got uh, a man in pursuit. Now he tucks it and runs. Ducks inside two defenders to the five down to the goal line. Stretches it out. They say he's down at the one. And I want you to know that was magic. Manti Teo saved a touchdown. That's a classic example. Oh, they had him of a guy the of a guy you can't tackle in a phone booth, isn't it? <laughs> that was unbelievable. Oh, he had three people around him, and he just zigzagged his way between all three guys to get to the one yard line. I'm going to tell you something. It, 
looked awfully close to him being out of body and laying that ball over the goal line. They're going to look at it, Well, Frank. they should. My they've goodness. just They've just called the timeout, and they're going to replay that in the replay booth up here at the press box in Michigan Stadium to see if Denard did get that ball and cross the plane and score on that play. Well, you had an official right there on the spot, and the linesman came right in and said he's on the half-yard line. And as you watch the replay, Brando, his knee was down, and that ball should be at the half-yard line. That is a great call by the official. They got that one right. Absolutely right. Perfect call. Because, again, in live action, you could have seen that ball cross the plane and said, oh, he got in. His knee was down. But his knee had hit when the ball was at about the one-yard line or half-yard line, and that's where it's been spotted. By the way, for Junior Hemingway, he's got to wonder what he's got to do. There's Roundtree in the end zone. Roundtree got grabbed twice by the jersey by Robert Blanton in the end zone, Brando. You you should see the replay. This fan vision is great. Fans, uh, if you're coming to the big house, you got to get one of these because it gives you, you can watch the game in your lap on a five-inch screen, and you watch replays on demand, and... You got Blanton grabbing, just grabbing After further review, the jersey of Roundtree twice in the end zone as he's trying to break away from. Just holding on to it. <laughs> they missed that one. Uh, just a bit, you think? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the call, that excellent call by the linesman, is confirmed. It's third down and goal. You've got Hopkins and Shaw now in the backfield with the Dart on third and goal. Michigan with... 15 seconds to go, third quarter. We'd love to get this snap off and try to score before the quarter ends. and They're not going to do it. They're just dallying in the huddle. Now they get out there with five, and quarter's going to end. Two, one, Hopkins at fullback, Shaw at tailback, and, boy, that's just wasting some time that you may need when you're down 17 points. Well, Brady Hope. That'll be the end of the quarter. The teams will change ends, and the student section is really upset that they don't get to watch this, and Brady Hoke's not too happy either, is he? No, when uh, Denard didn't get the playoff, Brady was there with his hands on his knees looking in, and he just dropped his head straight down to the ground when they did not get the playoff. So we played three quarters in Ann Arbor. Notre Dame still in command, 24-7, but the Wolverines are threatening thanks to Junior Hemingway's 77-yard gainer. That gives him two catches for 120 yards in the game. After three, Notre Dame 24, Michigan 7. We'll bring you the fourth quarter right after these words. You're listening to Michigan Football. We've reached the fourth quarter of this edition of Michigan Football Classics, the 2011 Michigan-Notre Dame game. Irish in front 24-7, but the Wolverines are on the doorstep of the end zone. For this scoring chance, let's return to the big house. Third down, goal to go. High formation behind Denard. Two tight ends. Hopkins the fullback. Shaw the tailback. Now Shaw in motion. Out to the left. Denard's going to turn to his right. Hand to Hopkins. He fumbled the ball. Denard picks it up and goes around left end for a touchdown. How do you like that? Maybe, just maybe, Michigan has found that four-leaf clover among all the shamrocks here on this Ann Arbor evening. Uh, can you believe it? And what a fortuitous hop. Hopkins runs into the line of scrimmage, gets stoned, and the ball pops straight back 
toward Denard, who just scoops it up, goes around left end for the score. Unreal. Big break there. 24 to 13. Notre Dame on top. The Irish did a great job stuffing Hopkins, forced a fumble, and Denard saves the day. Brendan Gibbons' extra point attempt on the way, and it's good. And the Wolverines are back within 10, six seconds into the fourth quarter on Denard Robinson's one-yard fumble recovery run. 83 yards in four plays. The big one, the 77-yard pass to Junior Hemingway. 24-14, Notre Dame, early fourth quarter. Theo Riddick and Austin Collinsworth are deep for Notre Dame to receive Matt Wiles' kick. Wiles got it teed up near the right hash on the 30 from the north end to our left. The flag down at the south end, hanging limp, barely a breath of air. Wiles' kick, end over end, near side, and it's short. It's going to bounce at the 15. It gets away from Riddick. He retreats it back at the 10. He's still looking for room to run now, and he's going to be hemmed in and dropped. Now, I think that kick was planned, Brando, to do just what it did, to bounce, to fool Riddick a little bit. You had Brandon Hawthorne get down there in a hurry, and then it was the freshman, Frank Clark, who finished him off at the 10. Let's go down to crash. Yeah, a couple things, guys. Strange celebration on the sideline after that touchdown. Brady Hedge, uh, Hoke shaking his head. Fred Jackson met Stephen Hopkins with a stern talking to. Little celebration there. And Ryan Van Bergen had a message for the offense. We're going to get you the ball back, letting them know before they took the field. All right, here you go. The ball is just over the 10, so call it the 11. Let's see if Van Bergen... And the rest of those Michigan defenders can live up to that confidence. You've got Roe, Van Bergen, Martin, and Jake Ryan up front. Reese checking into another play. Wolfolk is out at the corner on the far side. Reese throwing short underneath, and Brandon Hawthorne knocks it away from the tight end. Eifert incomplete. Well, last week at that weak linebacking position, weak side linebacker, Brandon Heron had the huge game with the two touchdown returns, including the longest interception return in Michigan history. Tonight, Desmond Morgan, the freshman, got the start there because Heron's hurt. When Morgan struggled early, the Wolverines went to Brandon Hawthorne, and he's had a big game. Second and 10 Irish. Running back Sierra Wood. Directly behind Reese, who's under center. Handoff goes to Wood, right side. Got a seam out over the 15, out to the 18-yard line. Nothing fancy. Hawthorne made the tackle. It's going to be third down and a short three to go for the Irish. So let's see if Van Bergen's words come to pass for that defense and if they get the offense the ball back once more. 14-20 left to go. Martin and Will Campbell are in there up front. If they decide to go up the middle, that's some pretty good size they're going to have to battle. Rowe and Van Bergen are the ends. Reese is under center. He's got two tight ends, both on the right. They run the ball that way. And there's Hawthorne in the backfield to make a spinning tackle on Sierra Wood for a loss on the 15-yard line. Now, this is a run blitz. And Hawthorne does a great job of reading the play and then getting up in there. He sees the play go to the left, 
He's able to get through free and use his speed. Even though Wood tried to break it to the right, he was able to get, get him and bring him down from behind for a loss. So Notre Dame has to punt from deep in its own end. He was the backside linebacker and still made that play. Great play. Jeremy Gallon is deep for Ben Turk's punt. This time a good snap. And he shanks the kick off the side of his foot to the Notre Dame sideline. That's going out of bounds between the 40 and the 45. They're going to mark it at the 40-yard line. Just a 29-yard punt by Ben Turk. And the Wolverines trailing 24-14, completely outplayed all night long. Get the ball in Irish territory with 13-22 to go. Denard will work with a short field. Can he bring Michigan back to within three? We'll see when we come back. Notre Dame 24, Michigan 14. Timeout on the field, and you are listening to Michigan football. Welcome back here to Michigan Football Classics. No Wolverines on the gridiron today in 2020 due to a cancellation of their game with Maryland. So we are listening back to the Wolverines and the Fighting Irish from 2011, and you can feel the momentum shifting a bit. Michigan is within 10. And the Wolverines have the football. Denard's had a tough night. Four out of 14, two interceptions, one touchdown pass. Yardage is good because of the two big plays. 136. Play action fake. Denard rolls right. Dumps it off to his fullback. McCogan up the right sideline. And Big John rumbles to the 35, down to the 30, out of bounds. It looks like a first down, and it is. Dan Fox made the tackle, but John McCogan... Coming out of the backfield, has 15 yards and a first down. Well, a little bit of Notre Dame medicine. You go run action fake, and you let the fullback get out in the flat. Notre Dame forgets about him. Denard gets in the ball. They make up for that sack, and they get the first down and a new down box. I'll tell you what, that's a big play right there. McColgan, the only previous touch of his career, was a catch last year against Bowling Green for a two-yard touchdown. Key first down there, Vincent Smith. Fake to him. Denard keeps it up the middle. 25 down to the 20, and he tumbles forward to the 17-yard line. He got 13 more yards. Harrison Smith from safety made the tackle. First down, Michigan, with 12 minutes left to go. The clock running. They're on the Irish 17. They trail by 10. And that's the read option again, and this time Denard decides to keep it, and Vincent Smith actually leads him through the hole. They had enough for both of them to make something out of that. I believe Vincent thought he was going to get the ball, Brando. I think you're right. Grady out to the left with Gallon and Hemingway. Denard hands it to Vincent Smith. Sweep right. Cuts it upfield, and he is met at the 17. Ethan Johnson holds on. Vincent carries him to the 14. Pickup of about three yards on the play. Second down, seven to go, Wolverines. Now, a field goal is not all bad here. Keep that in mind. Down by 10. You need two scores. You'd like to get the seven, obviously. Wolverines on the right hash at the 14. Second down and seven. Hemingway out of the lineup now. Martavius Odoms will split out short side right. To the left, Gallon goes wide. Kelvin Grady in the slot. Haven't seen Roundtree in a while. Crash. See what's going on with Roy, and Denard's going to call timeout. He didn't like something as they broke the huddle. 
Now, it looked so, like they had a play called, and Kevin Coger lined up as a wing. Remember how they ran that last year where he'd come back and be almost like a trap, yeah. a pulling guard? And I think Denard saw the defense, didn't like it, and decided to call the timeout and check with the offensive coordinator. All right, let's go down to Crash. I, I can see Roundtree down yeah, there. Yeah, he's, he's just with the coaches on the side. I don't think he's hurt. I don't think there's an issue there. All right, good deal. Well, will this be another one of those miraculous comebacks? One of those last-second finishes against Notre Dame again. We won't know for another 10 minutes, 53 seconds of playing time. The Wolverines trailing 24 to 14. And if Brando, if somehow they come back and pull this one out, it will be one of the remarkable victories that we have seen here at Michigan Stadium with the way the Irish have pretty much dominated the football game. Yep, and I can tell you this. There isn't anybody in the stadium that has decided to leave early. <laughs> they feel, I think, the same way that you and I do. So this thing is going to come down right to the final seconds, and the game's still going to be in doubt. And uh, some amazing thing may very well happen. It seems to be a habit. In this series. Always does. Well, you remember that that night game in 1990 where the Irish had the magic play, the the long pass to Rocket Ishmael that was underthrown, went off his shoulder pads and bounced to Lake Dawson for about a 70-yard play. And that turned out to be the big play of the ballgame that won it for the Irish. And who will ever forget Harry Oliver? The wind dies down, and he kicks a 51-yard field goal into the wind. But the win wasn't there to win a game for the Irish. Of course, we've documented Michigan's wins late in the game the last two years. And in this one, you've got the perfect setup for following in that tradition of this rivalry. When on Michigan's last possession, Stephen Hopkins on third and goal at the one, fumbled the football, and it bounced out of the pile right to Denard Robinson, who scampered untouched around left end for the touchdown that put Michigan back in it. And here we go. Michigan ball second and seven on the Irish 14. The Wolverines have two timeouts for Manning. So does Notre Dame. 10.53 left in the ballgame. And they come out with Coger on the line of scrimmage left. High formation. McColgan in front of Vincent Smith. Gallon split right. Hemingway out to the left. Denard directly under center. David Mulk drops the throw. Lobs it up. Right corner of the end zone. Jeremy Gallon's got a touchdown. He beat Gray. He beat Gary Gray. Denard Robinson lobbed it up there. Gray never saw the football. Gallon did. He makes the grab to make it a 24-20 Notre Dame lead. That's a play where you teach your quarterback and your wide receiver. Wide receiver, make the cornerback turn his back to the, your quarterback. When he does that, you throw the ball short. You react up to the ball. The defender can't see it because his back's turned. He runs by it, and you get a touchdown out of it. And they executed that one beautifully there. Jeremy Gallon, who had one touchdown last year, has the second of his career. Extra point try by Brendan Gibbons on the way, and it is good. And don't look now, my friends, but that 17-point deficit that Michigan faced with 2.13 left in the third quarter, is now down to three with 10.47 to go in the football game. It's Notre Dame 24 and Michigan 21 as Denard Robinson has just thrown his second touchdown pass. 
We're going to pause 10 seconds right here for station identification. This is the Michigan IMG Sports Network. This, this is a presentation of IMG Well, the Wolverines have got plenty of time. This is a ball game now, my friends. And you know that confidence has got to be building over there on that Michigan sideline down below us, Brando. And, and Frank, don't forget, Notre Dame a week ago, you know, had problems with turnovers and coming back against South Florida. And their confidence right now is that are we seeing this all over again? What we don't know is how fragile are the Irish. Exactly. There's a high short kick again. Riddick comes up, grabs it on the 19, angles to his right. Look out. He's over the 30, spins away from the tackler. He is slowed up again out near the 40-yard line, and down he goes. And I want you to know it's Vincent Smith who saved the day on kick coverage down there. He's the one who slowed up the return man and allowed Matt Wild to make the tackle on Riddick after a 20-yard run back. Uh, Michigan tried the pooch kick again to be short, but this time Riddick was ready for it, and he got up and made the catch in the air as the ball didn't bounce, and then he took off, and he's a good return man. He got the ball out in good field position for the Irish at the 40. So Notre Dame starts at the 40. The Irish have seen their lead cut to three with two. Fourth quarter touchdowns by Michigan. Reese in the gun. Gets the snap. Fakes to Wood. Drops to throw. Feeling some heat. Fires right side to his tight end. Eifert, he's got it near the sideline. And is ridden out of bounds by Brandon Hawthorne. After a gain of five yards to the 45. Hawthorne's been busy tonight. And he's been good tonight. Yeah, he's had a terrific game. Now remember, he did not get the start. It was the freshman Desmond Morgan who got it with Heron out because of injury, but it's the junior from Pahokee, Florida, Brandon Hawthorne, who's made so many terrific plays in this game. He's playing at linebacker alongside Kenny Demons. Jake Ryan, who's been playing outside linebacker and defensive end, is at an outside linebacking spot now. Second and five, here's Sierra Wood breaking out of there. Brought down from behind by Demons. A flag comes in from the umpire. What's the call? Holding. It's holding on who, though? Uh, Notre Dame. Thank you. I'm watching the big guy, Will Campbell. He was tackled. And you are absolutely right. Holding Notre Dame. Big call right there. 76 offense. 10-yard penalty. That's Andrew Nuss, the left guard. I'm watching the interior because when Notre Dame lines up in a one-back, two-tight end set, they run that little cutback play. Well, I'm watching Will Campbell. Campbell does a great job of disengaging and coming off to take away the cutback lane. All of a sudden, his arms are pulled back. And luckily, the umpire saw it, and the Irish get flagged for holding. He comes out of the lineup now. Marvin Robinson, the nickelback, is in for the Wolverines. So you got up front, Ryan will move to a defensive end. Alongside Van Bergen, Martin, and Jabril Black. Quick throw right side. It's caught by Floyd. And you know who's out there? In a zone blitz coverage, the defensive end, Jabril Black, to make a tackle on Floyd for no gain. It's third and 15. Uh, Greg Madison's pulling the right strings this half. Tommy Reese wanted to go to Floyd, and Michigan was coming with a blitz, and he figured, okay, I'm going to go away from the blitz. 
But instead, Jabril Black gets out there in coverage and makes a play on and a wide receiver. Floyd's got to look up and go, what am I doing trying to beat a defensive end out here? Third and 15, Michigan showing blitz from the inside now. Hawthorne and Demons jump up in the line. Now they back back out. Floyd's got bump and run coverage far side of the field from J.T. Floyd. And Reese is calling timeout once again. Notre Dame was down to one second on the play clock. And Reese uses another timeout. Notre Dame's only got one remaining now. We'll see if that's a factor later on. 8.45 to play. Notre Dame third down and 15 on its own 35 nursing a three-point lead at 24-21. It's getting good at the big house. More fourth quarter action from 2011 on the way next. You're listening to Michigan Football from Learfield IMG College. Today's fourth quarter is brought to you by Gardner White, Detroit's number one furniture and mattress store. Huge spot in the game now. Michigan down three, trying to get Notre Dame off the field. It's third and 15 for the Irish as we return to the big house. Three wide to the left, including the tight end, Eifert. Here's Reese to throw. Got some time. Goes down the middle. It's complete to Eifert, the tight end in Michigan territory. First down to the 44. He was finally brought down by Jordan Kovacs. They'll mark it on the 43-yard line. What a huge pickup right there of some 22 yards to the tight end running from the slot left. That is a huge, big-time throw from Tommy Reese. Craig Rowe had a step on the left tackle. Zach Martin got around the corner and slipped and lost footing in his pass rush. And that gave Reese extra time. The little things in football that happened. And boy, did he make a great throw on it. Now, here's Sierra Wood running the ball, and he'll be spun to the ground after a short pickup of about two by Kenny Demons, who's been very busy. Thomas Gordon also in there. Second down and eight coming up from the Michigan 41. Eight minutes left to go. Notre Dame leads 24 to 21. If you're Michigan right now, you're thinking, try to get that football, obviously. Stop them and punt. Get a punt. Forced, if you can, at the very worst, hold them to a field goal try here. Where a touchdown, an extra point could win it. The Irish in the gun. Reese changing the play. Wood to his right. From the right hash. Here comes the blitz. Reese gets rid of it on a slant. Floyd's got it. JT Floyd with another tackle at the 30-yard line, holding on in man coverage. First down for the Irish is Michael Floyd makes his 13th catch of the football game. I mean, every time, and you've heard of the Where's Waldo game, if you're Michigan defensively, you got to say, where's Floyd? Because he's been the guy for Notre Dame tonight. That time, a great pickup of the blitz by Sierra Wood on Thomas Gordon, too. First down at the 30. Michigan goes with a three-man front. Will Campbell on the nose. Heininger at the left end. Jabril Black at the left end. Jake Ryan walking up into the line. He's going to rush. The pass is caught on a slant by T.J. Jones. Wolfolk makes the tackle, loses his helmet, and the play will be good for about eight yards to the 22, and Troy is hurt. That right arm that he's got all wrapped up around the wrist area, he used it to make the tackle right there, and it's been a game effort by Troy Wolfolk, but he's down on a knee in some pain right now. Let's go down to crash. 
I think he might have got kicked in the face. His helmet came really? off, and he immediately started reaching for his nose. So it's not the uh, I I, not the hand. Again, just looking at his reaction, I think it, when the helmet came off, he might have got hit in the face. Yeah, you're right. They've got a uh, got a cloth up to his nose as if he's got a bloody nose. You're right, Crash. So he'll come out, be replaced by Courtney Avery once again. Avery in that secondary with Thomas Gordon, Jordan Kovacs, Marvin Robinson, the nickelback, and J.T. Floyd, the corner, going against Michael Floyd. Man up on the near side of the field. Second down two for the Irish on the Michigan 22. Six and a half to play. Notre Dame up by three. We got Wood in the backfield. He shifts over to the left of Tommy Reese, the quarterback, who's changing the play at the line. Four down in the Michigan front. They rush six. The pass, deep right sideline in the end zone. Broken up by Courtney Avery. Oh, a flag comes out, two of them. As he went up to knock it away from T.J. Jones, they're going to call interference out of him. Well, looked like a pass good play. Number five on the defense. The penalty occurred in the end zone. The ball would be placed at the two-yard line. They First and goal. Courtney came out to the official to say, what did I do? To ask for an explanation. I think the thing he's going to say is that he never looked back to play the ball. He doesn't have to. Well, In college, you don't have to. There's no I know, but, but But here's the deal. That guy made the call, and if, Jay, if, if Courtney looks back, he probably doesn't. And that's not the rule. But that's where we are. And that's a shame. Uh, you, and plus... They wanted to give him the ball at the two-yard line. That's not the rule either. Exactly. They got they, just, they, uh, the referee gave himself a promotion to the NFL. Well, that, that's what I mean, Frank. He's oh, thinking goodness. NFL rules here. And that's not an NFL rule, and yet he's going to give him the ball on the two-yard line, well, which is properly, not an NFL rule. properly placed on the seventh. And he made the call that isn't an NFL or isn't a college rule. Well, it's Notre Dame first down, goal to go at the seven-yard line. Good call, bad call, it is what it is. And Brady Hope always tells his players, you let me take care of the officials. Two tight ends, both to the left. Sierra Wood, the only running back, they're going to throw for it. And Reese dropped the football, it's loose, and, and Michigan recovered at the nine-yard line. Do you believe that? It's unbelievable how Notre Dame is self-destructed in the red zone. Reese went back a quick two steps, and as he went to throw it, it just slipped out of his hand, and Ryan Van Bergen recovers the football at the nine-yard line. It just fell out of his hand. It just slipped. I mean, it wasn't a throw. I mean, he's claiming, the official, that he did have his arm going forward with the ball in it. That's what he's claiming, and I think he's going to want a replay on this, but the officials immediately said, nope, that ball is out. It's a fumble. Michigan recovers. Michigan's got it going the other way. How about that? 6.08 to go. Michigan football on its own nine. Oh, are the stars aligned tonight? We'll see. Denard under center. David Mulk has an eye formation. Steve Watson is the fullback. Play action fake. He drops the throw. Guns went on a slant. Caught at the 25-yard line by Roundtree. Hit by Gary Gray. Down he goes. First down, and we've got a flag in the backfield. Let's see what that's all about. They're calling it back for a holding on Michigan. That flag was thrown by the linesman. The head linesman, Kevin McGrath. 
to benefit the Irish in this case. The hold wipes out. And we don't know who the guilty party might have been. Doug, could you hear? The linesman over here told Brady he'll get 72, Mark Hughie. And Brady didn't argue much. This isn't a penalty that kills your field position. I mean, it, it kills a game, but it's half the distance. Yeah, well, but the ball was up around the 25, yeah, that, you know. 541 to go. Now, I understand it's not a 10-yard penalty because of where they are. Here's Denard keeping it left side. He's just trying to pick his way through traffic, and somehow he does from the 4 out to the 10-yard line where it'll be second down and 9 to go. By the way, that fumble recovery by Van Bergen is his second of the year. Second down, nine to go at the Michigan 10. Irish lead it, 24-21. Clock winding down, 5.05 left. The Wolverines trying to mount a miracle comeback, three points down. You got Hemingway slot left, wide left round three. Denard fakes to Vincent Smith. He wants to throw deep, and he does. And this ball is caught by Hemingway again, fighting off two defenders. He makes the grab over midfield. And is tackled at the Notre Dame 45, and I think Bernard took a late hit. There's a flag down at the two-yard line. Brando, if they bring this one back, <laughs> I don't know what may happen. Let's see what the penalty is. I think it's roughing. Personal foul. Roughing the passer. 89 defense. How about that? Catherine Lewis-Moore gets the penalty called. They tack on 15 more and move the football to the Notre Dame 30. And, Frank, sometimes you got to let your guy make a play. And that time, Denard again underthrew the pass a little bit. But Junior Hemingway, wearing number 21 tonight. Is that unbelievable? He's Comes wearing back the, and makes the play. He's wearing the first-ever Legends jersey for Desmond Howard, number 21. He's got three grabs, 165 yards, a touchdown, a career-long 77-yard gain. He's got Michigan at the Notre Dame 30. Denard's going to throw again. Looks right, now throws back left. Heaves it up for Gallon, overthrown in the end zone, intercepted by Robert Blanton. Denard took another chance, said, go make a play for me to a receiver, and Jeremy Gallon couldn't climb the ladder that high, and Blanton at 6-1 was able to go up over Gallon at 5-8 for the overthrow and make the pick. Denard has thrown his third interception of the night, and Notre Dame gets it back with 4.23 to play on its own 20 after the touchback. Well, the one thing that Michigan has done a lot in the passing game, the intermediate routes haven't been there. And so Denard has done a lot of deep throwing. And I got to tell you, I'd like to see that mid-range pass a little bit more because that play again... Denard threw it more to the inside than he needed to. You got to throw that ball outside toward the sideline so that your guy can play defense or make the catch. But you don't want to give the opportunity for the defender to make a pick. So the momentum moves over to the other side for the visiting Irish now. They've so dominated the ball game that they turned the ball over four times. Reese directly under center. Hessier Wood behind him, line of scrimmage at 20, 4.23 to go, handoff Wood, he slips as he got the handoff and tried to make a cut, Kenny Devins in the hole to make the tackle at the 23, second down and seven. 
Clock down to 4-10. And it's running. Kenny Demons with a dozen tackles in this game. What a night he's had. Thomas Gordon's got nine. Kovacs, eight. Hawthorne's got six, including one for loss. Reese going to throw near side. He's got it complete at the 29-yard line to Theo Riddick on an outcut. Troy Wolfolk back in there. Bloody nose and all. Makes the tackle. It's a yard short of a first down. You know, in those situations, you've got to be tighter. Troy gave a little too much cushion away uh, to Riddick. I respect the speed. I understand that. But that was too easy a pitch and catch on that play to get them into a third and very short. Notre Dame 7 out of 12 at third downs. Facing third and one right here. Third down and one. Clock running. 3.14 to go. The handoff to Wood. He's not going to get it. He's going to be stopped for a loss. Craig Rowe in the backfield first. Will Campbell is in there with penetration. Thomas Gordon, Mike Martin, and Michigan's defense comes up with a big, big stop once again with three minutes left. Oh, I tell you, the guy comes off the edge, Frank. Jake Ryan just flying off the edge. Gets in there and makes a play and forces Notre Dame to punt. Michigan will have another chance. Yeah, you had about five defenders that came up big right there, eh, Brando? Absolutely. That's what it takes. Fourth, Team defense. Fourth down and three. So now, clock running, 2.36 to go. You got two timeouts. Jeremy Gallon is deep. Michigan will not try to block this kick. Now you've only got five rushers. Ben Turk kicks it away. He booms his best of the night. Gallon back, back, back. Grabs it on the 21. He cuts to his right. Outruns two men. 30 up the sideline. 35. Still tip going his way over the 40. And then he is hit out of bounds. Thrown down after he's out of bounds. I don't see a flag, but they're going to give Michigan the ball up and around the 42 after that 20-yard punt return by Jeremy Gallon. Okay, so Michigan gets it back down three. We're back with more from this Michigan-Notre Dame Classic after a timeout. You're listening to Michigan Football from Learfield IMG College. Michigan has rallied to within three in the final moments of this 2011 duel with Notre Dame. If you're enjoying this replay, be sure to check out Art Volo's website, volovideo.com. That's V-U-O-L-O video.com. There are some great broadcasts, some other Michigan football gems on that site, volovideo.com. Art's been a huge help to us during this classic game production, so we tip our cap to him. All right, we now return to Frank Beckman, Jim Brandsetter, and Doug Karsh as the Wolverines try to complete the comeback. Michigan trails by three, 24 to 21. They trailed by 17 entering this fourth quarter. Now it's up to Denard from his own 42 with 2.16 left. He's going to run a quarterback draw. Right side, he makes a man miss in the hole with a spin move. He's up to midfield, then is hit and shoved back. Whistles blow, he'll have an eight-yard gain, and he made chicken salad out of chicken feathers again. And there was nothing there. He is slippery. Well, Notre Dame has done a terrific job defensively corralling Denard tonight. Last year, remember, he had 502 yards against the Irish. The going has been much tougher for that offense tonight. Denard to throw on second and two. He's going deep, middle of the field. Oh, he overthrew an open junior Hemingway. Incomplete. Oh, boy. 
Denard has not been sharp with his passes tonight, Brando. No, he hasn't. I mean, his receivers have bailed him out a couple times with a couple big throws. He's had a 100-yard rushing game, 15 carries, 106, but through the air, 7 out of 19, 3 interceptions, 2 touchdowns, 210 yards. But you're right, they have bailed him out, especially Junior Hemingway. Right, and, and a couple of overthrows on open receivers, uh, just like we saw there. And now you got third down and two at midfield. 141 to go. Wolverines also have two timeouts. Denard has Vincent Smith to his right. He's going to run quarterback draw. And he's going to put his shoulder down into the arms of Manti Teo right near the marker. It's close. Ricky Barnum is lobbying for a good spot. I don't think he made it, but we'll see. Well, if he gets the 48, then that's a lucky spot because I didn't think he got there. Yeah, he's going to get the first down. If he gets the 48, they're going to measure. If he gets that call, then Brian Kelly's going to be upset about the officials and what they call. He's going to wonder if they got one of those legends patches <laughs> they put on it. Uh, isn't this the, officials can never win? No, you know this, that. Yeah, I know. In this, in this, the part where we say, "Well, it all evens out." Yeah, I guess you know. And we get on the officials from time to time, and you got to understand, it's from a jaundiced eye and frustration. We try to give you an honest account of what we see clearly. And what the officials saw right there was an awfully good spot for Denard Robinson and a first down at the Irish 48. And if Irish fans scream about that, well, so be it. Remember, 20 years ago, it was a bad spot on a Bernie Leggett run that set up fourth and inches and made the catch possible, made it what it is. First down, Michigan. Denard's going to throw here from the right hash. He's looking left side. He fires it out there. He's got Kelvin Grady with the catch inside the 30. Races toward the sideline. Inside the 25. Out of bounds at the 21. The nickelback, Mata, who had an interception earlier, made the play. That was a great throw by Denard. Yeah. When we get on Denard about not throwing the ball well, you ought to talk about when he throws it well. Crossing route, receiver running away. He's on the right hash, throwing left sideline. You couldn't put it in a better spot than he did to Grady. 122 to go. Michigan trying to pull one out in the final minute against the Irish for the third consecutive year. They trailed by 17 entering the fourth quarter. They trail by three right now. They're at the 21 first down. Denard under center. Got Vincent Smith behind him. Going to roll right to throw. He's going to flip back a screen back the other way to Vincent Smith. Splits two man to the 15. He shakes him out at the 10. The 5. Touchdown, Michigan! With a minute 12 to go, the Wolverines have their first lead of the night. Vincent Smith with a masterful run on the screen past the throwback screen after Denard had faked him the handoff and bootlegged out to the right. The misdirection gets Notre Dame going in one direction. Denard does a great job of getting Vincent Smith the ball, but Frank put that one all on Vincent Smith. He made two guys miss in space. He got one block and then jumped outside it to the sideline and got to the end zone. A 21-yard touchdown pass from Denard Robinson to Vincent Smith. And now the extra point try by Brendan Gibbons to try to make it a four-point game at 28-24. Good snap, good hold by Dilio, and a good kick by Gibbons. So everybody does their job from Landa to Dilio to Gibbons. And with 1-12 left to go, 
Michigan leads 28 to 24 on the 21-yard screen pass from Denard Robinson to Vincent Smith and give credit for a key block to Roy Roundtree. Well, Vincent made the man that Taylor Lewan was supposed to block, he made him miss. And and that's just a great running back. And then Roundtree got the key block to seal a man inside. Vincent read it, got to the sideline outside the block, used his speed to get in the end zone. Wolverines have a four-point lead. Think you'd be saying that after the first half? No way. The Irish were in complete control of this game. They led by 17 entering the fourth quarter. But Denard, with that heads-up play, picking up the fumble at the goal line by Stephen Hopkins and scoring from a yard out. Then a 14-yard TD pass to Jeremy Gallon, and now 21 yards on the screen to Vincent Smith. And suddenly the Wolverines, with a 21-point explosion, lead at 28-24. And Brando, what else would you expect on this night? Desmond Howard, 21 points in the fourth quarter. Here's the kickoff by Weil, and this time he's going to kick it deep. Riddick, back, back, grabs it on the five. Heads up the hash to the 15-20. Look out. He tries to high-step it over a man. He does over the 35. And J.B. Fitzgerald knocks him down out at about the 39-yard line. So a good return of 34 yards. And with 105 to go, remember, Notre Dame has only one timeout. But in college football, the clock stops with every first down. Will the Irish pull this out in the final minute and give Michigan a taste of its own medicine? Well, the key for them was that they needed a big return. They got it. The thing that works against them is the fact that they've got one timeout left. They They used two earlier that you even mentioned at the time. Ill-advised, but they had to use them. They need a touchdown. Floyd is split out to the left. J.T. Floyd against him. That's short side of the field. Three receivers to the right. Reese in the gun. He's going to get a blitz from Hawthorne. He's going to unload it. Look out. Michael Floyd overthrown. And two flags fly. It's a good call. It is J.T. a good call. J.T. Floyd grabbed his shirt and was holding on to him. And two officials saw it. And it would have been a touchdown had J.T. not done it. Very likely. There's no question. It, this is pass interference. Great on the defense. 15-yard penalty, first down. So just like that, the Irish are in Michigan territory with that 15-yard walk-off down to the Wolverine 46. And, I, and now I, that one-timeout situation doesn't look so dire because no. they have a minute to go. But again, I think if you're Greg Madison, wherever Michael Floyd is lined up, you've got to give somebody some help over the top. Now you see Jordan Kovacs working over there. As the Irish go five wide out of the shotgun. They do again. This time they split it three wide to the right, wide side of the field, two to the left, including Floyd. Three-man rush. Reese with time, firing down the middle, and it's caught by the tight end Eifert. He holds on to the ball as he takes a hit by Demons at the 35. That is a gain of about 11 yards and a first down. Clock stops, 53 seconds to go. Michigan that time with a four-man rush, no pressure on Reese. None whatsoever. Three-man rush. Reese rolling right. He's going to set and fire to the sideline. It's caught at the 30, and the receiver Jones steps out of bounds immediately right there with a gain of about five yards. They'll mark him at the 29. Wolfolk was closest to him. 41 seconds left. Notre Dame trailing by four, 28-24 at the Michigan 29 now. With 41 ticks left, they have one timeout. Now, if you're Greg Madison... 
Do you dial up a blitz? Do you come with what has got you here, or do you back out? Michigan has caused four turnovers by the Irish tonight. Boy, could they use a fifth one right now to seal the deal. They lead 28-24. Madison has got six defenders jammed in at the line. They're blitzing. The Irish pick it up. The pass deep left side, and the route was cut off by Jones. The pass went to the corner of the end zone. Nobody home. Incomplete. And now you come up with a big play right here. Third down and four to go at the Michigan 29. Obviously, the Irish in four-down territory, trailing by four points with 36 seconds Uh, left to go. Find number three in the white jersey, and somebody better jump him. Yeah, well, here he is, slot left closest to the line, and doesn't look like anybody's covering him. They're going to back out of this. Well, they better hurry. There they go, backing out. And the pass, and look out, a wide-open Theo Riddick inside the five is hit at the goal line, but carries it over and into the end zone for a Notre Dame touchdown with 30 seconds left to go. Theo Riddick comes up with the magic for the Irish in the last minute of the ball game. You had a broken assignment. The man covering Riddick ran to the sideline to cover the man outside. Nobody covered Riddick. Busted assignment. Busted coverage. Busted dreams. Right now, as David Ruffer comes out to try the point after, Notre Dame has a three-point lead on the kick. It's 31 for the Irish, 28 for Michigan, 30 seconds left to go. They needed only four plays to go 61 yards and regain the lead with 30 seconds left. Notre Dame takes the lead, but Michigan has a bit of time remaining. I've got a feeling there's a little bit of magic still left for the maize and blue. Come on back for the finish right after this. You're listening to Michigan Football from Learfield IMG College. Today's fourth quarter is brought to you by Gardner White, Detroit's number one furniture and mattress store. All right, here we go. Michigan down by three. 30 seconds left. For the conclusion, here's Frank, Jim, and Doug. Now Brinza with a kickoff. The Wolverines could use a great return like the Irish got from Riddick. Here's a booming kick. And Vincent Smith's going to let it sail over his head and out of the field of play. Boy, that's a huge kick right there by Kyle Brinza out of Plymouth. So the Wolverines will be 80 yards away, 30 seconds, two timeouts, and they need a field goal. Michigan beat Notre Dame each of the last two years thanks to touchdowns in the final minute. And after Michigan scored with 1.12 left to go, the Irish have now come up with a score in the final minute. They lead by three. And Michigan starts from its own 20. We'll see if there's any magic left in the night. Grady out to the left. He got three receivers split right. Gallon, Roundtree, and Hemingway who's had a big night. Denard in the gun, back to throw. Three-man rush under some pressure, running out of there. He fires near side a little bit high, and it's incomplete intended for Gallon at the 40. 23 seconds to go. Boy, Denard's lucky he got out of there. Notre Dame got pretty good pressure from a three-man rush. They did, and that's what Michigan didn't do when Reese was moving the Irish down. Their three-man front could not get home, couldn't pressure Reese, and he had all the time in the world. Then that last play of the busted coverage, I mean, that was an easy pitch and catch to an open receiver. Second down and 10, Michigan on their own 20. 
Yeah, what do you figure? They've got to get to the 35 of the Irish to have any shot at a long field goal, yeah, huh? at least. That'll be about 50 yards. Here's Denard scrambling around. He's firing. Wide open. Gallon up the sideline. Got it in Notre Dame territory. Cuts to his left. 35, 30, racing to the far sideline. 20, 15, out of bounds with eight seconds to go. Do you believe that? Notre Dame blows the coverage, and Jeremy Gallon races down the field and picks up 64 yards to put Michigan within field goal range to tie it. But first, they will have a chance to run a play with eight seconds left on the field. Do clock. you do that with eight seconds? Frank, do you? You run a play, go to the end zone? Man, I, that's a tough call right now. Yes, it is, and I, they're going to. I gonna... take one shot on a quick fade route into the corner to Junior is what I do. And that's Brady what... Hoke is going to likely call a timeout. He's got two. He's got two timeouts. Well, the play clock begins to wind. He's not going to use a timeout. The game clock, remember, stuck on eight because Gallon got out of bounds. And they're yeah. they're going to run a play. You got Hemingway in the slot right. Out wide to the right is Roundtree. There goes Vincent Smith in motion left. Denard back to throw from the 16. Got to throw it in a hurry. Lobs it up in the end zone around three. He adjusted the ball. He's interfered with. He makes the catch. Touchdown, Michigan, with two seconds to play. And now the celebration is on while the officials talk over this flag. Let's listen. Michigan has done it again in the closing seconds. Two ticks left. It's 34 to 31. And out comes the PAT team. Have you ever seen a final nail in it? Have you seen anything like this? Both teams blow a coverage in the final minute. Well, they're going to review the touchdown catch. You know that. I mean, can you believe this? Roy Roundtree made a terrific grab, jostling back there with Gary Gray. Brando, 80 yards in three plays. And and they chose to go after it with eight seconds left and throw into the end zone. Denard has supreme confidence in his receivers to make plays. Clearly there was interference. And then Roundtree makes the play, has possession, one foot inbounds. Just looked at the replay. This should stand. Two seconds left in the game. Michigan should have the lead. Well, how about Jeremy Gallon's play? A 64-yard catch and run. Can you believe this game? Well, we've had three touchdowns in the final 112 of the game. Who's ever heard of that? Unbelievable. And, and, Frank, the yardage looks a lot better now, too. Notre Dame 513, Michigan 452. Well, tell me how Michigan got the 452, would you? Yeah. <laughs> they did it all here in the fourth quarter. They how. sure did. And After further review, the ruling on the field is confirmed. Touchdown. Denard has now thrown for 338 yards and four touchdowns. And he ran for 108. So he's only accounted for 446 yards against the Irish. That's 56 yards less than last year. And Brando, he had a bad night for three quarters. What 
What theater. What, what unbelievable entertainment. The first night game in the history of the big house, and it's lived up to everything you'd hope. The extra point attempt is on the way by Brendan Gibbons. It is good. With two seconds left to go, it's Michigan 35, Notre Dame 31. This Michigan has scored four touchdowns in the final quarter. And it all began when they picked up their own fumble at the one-yard line by Denard. Jeremy Gallons had a touchdown catch and another remarkable grab. Vincent Smith, the 21-yard screen pass. And Roundtree. You know what? He makes a great grab in the end zone with two seconds left against Notre Dame. I don't want to get crazy about this numbers thing, but what was Desmond's number? 21. What's Roundtree's number? 12. Backwards 21. Hey, he's Frank? The, he's the other 21. Let, let's not forget in this whole thing as Michigan gets set to kick off. Brady Hoke with eight seconds left to go. Threw the ball. Tried to go for the win. He pulled, he a, went. Mo- he pulled a molar. Yes, he did. He went for the win. No hesitation. Line it up. Throw one into the end zone. Then we'll try to kick it. It turned out to be the right call. Just like Gary Muller did 20 years ago. And, you know, the fans here tonight as Michigan gets set to kick it off with two seconds left and a four-point lead. The fans here tonight, Brando, got a great keepsake. A 30-second audio clip that includes the radio and TV calls and the coaches calls on the sideline of that play when Desmond made the catch and Gary Moeller made the call and then told one of the coaches Elvis is going to throw it to Desmond he's going to catch it for a touchdown what you don't hear what they couldn't fit on the clip that is available at MGO Blue with all the audio is shortly after that while the team was heading out on the field he said to Jerry Hanlon up in the coach's box Jerry do you think we made the right call they did, and so did Brady Hope tonight. Uh, let's finish this one right All here. All right. Matt Wilde to kick it off now, and he's going to squib this one down there, you can be sure. 35-31 the lead. Wilde moves forward. He bounces it. It hits at the 40 of Notre Dame. Bounces down to the 30. Riddick comes up. He falls down. It's picked up by Collinsworth. Now it's loose. Scooped up by the Wolverines. And the ball is fumbled through the end zone. And what will the call be? Frank, it doesn't matter. Game's now, over. Here's what the call is. Michigan wins with four fourth-quarter touchdowns to stun the Irish, who had dominated the night. Final score, Michigan 35, Notre Dame 31. One of the most remarkable games we've ever seen at Michigan Stadium. So appropriate for this special night. The first night game in the history of the big house. No doubt about that. We'll break it all down on the post-game show presented by the Metro Detroit Buick GMC dealers right after this, including an interview with Junior Hemingway from On the Field. All that's coming up. You're listening to Michigan Football from Learfield IMG College. Michigan rallies past Notre Dame back on September the 10th of 2011. Welcome in to the postgame show. It's presented by the Metro Detroit Buick GMC dealers. Brian Bush, John Jansen with you. And John, let's go through this one. Brutal beginning for the Maize and Blue. The first five drives, Michigan three and out, Notre Dame touchdown. Michigan three and out, Notre Dame touchdown. 
Michigan interception. Fortunately for the Wolverines, though, the defense did come up with a stop after the interception, and then following another fruitless drive, Michigan's defense took the football away. Here's Reese back to throw. Michigan dropped seven in the coverage, passed to Floyd, intercepted on the near sideline on a diving effort in front of him, and the Wolverines get it back at the Notre Dame 43-yard line. Greg Madison again. They lined up everybody on the line of scrimmage, okay? But then they backed out. It was just a three-man rush. And it was Jordan Kovacs who made the diving pick. And then two plays later. He fakes to Hopkins. He's looking left to throw. Scrambling to his right now. Fires a deep left side. Hemingway adjusts to the underthrow. Makes the grab at the five. Spins past the defender. Reaches out with the right hand and places the ball on the pylon. Touchdown, Michigan. What a play by Junior Hemingway. John, that was one of two Denard Robinson completions in the half. It was a rough go outside of that, but that sequence really saved the Wolverines and got them to 17-7 at the half. It did, and and they were lucky to be 17-7 at the half. When your quarterback goes two and nine of nine, and you don't have much rhythm on offense, you're looking to your defense for a spark. They got that with an interception, and then they followed it with the big play. And yeah, it's not what how you would draw it up, but that's where they were at halftime, down ten, and you know, chomping at the bit to come out of the locker room and try and make something special happen in the second half. So again, Notre Dame would come up with a field goal later on in the half, making it 17-7. Second half, once again, Michigan starts slowly. A punt on drive number one and an interception on drive number two, which set up the Irish again. Here comes Kovacs over to Bump Floyd. They'll double team him. Reese looks the other way. Now comes back over the middle, and he completes it to Jones on a crossing route. He is going to get down to about the five-yard line and then cut it upfield and gets into the end zone for a Notre Dame touchdown. What a terrific run after the catch by T.J. Jones. Notre Dame on third down and nine goes to one of its other receivers, and Tommy Reese connects for a 15-yard score. So 24-7 Notre Dame late third quarter. Things looking bleak until Michigan put together its best drive of the game immediately after the Wolverines on the brink of a score when... Denard's going to turn to his right. Hand to Hopkins. He fumbled the ball. Denard picks it up and goes around left end for a touchdown. How do you like that? Maybe, just maybe, Michigan has found that four-leaf clover among all the shamrocks here on this Ann Arbor evening. And John, that play, one of the most fascinating plays of a roller coaster of a game. The fumble, the Denard recovery, the Denard touchdown run, all benefiting Michigan. And you heard in the call from Frank there, it seemed like the luck of the Irish was on display for three quarters. Things started to flip there. It, they did, and and when it starts to flip, you've got to take control of that game, and you've got to capitalize on that. Obviously, Michigan comes away with the touchdown, but what does it do for the sideline? What does it spark for the defense, for the special teams, for everybody that is standing on the sideline? All 114,000 of the record-setting fan base that had showed up for this first night game, Michigan was able to generate some energy, and bottle up that energy and use it to their benefit. So Michigan's defense then mustered a three and out on the ensuing drive, and the Wolverines went right down the field again offensively. Drops the throw, lobs it up. Right corner of the end zone. Jeremy Gallon's got a touchdown. He beat Gray. He beat Gary Gray. Denard Robinson lobbed it up there. 
Gray never saw the football. Gallon did. He makes the grab to make it a 24-20 Notre Dame lead. And, John, of course, the offense gets a lot of headlines for the big fourth quarter. I mean, when you score four touchdowns, as we'll get into, that's pretty darn impressive. But after that slow start of touchdown, touchdown for Notre Dame, the defense, they gave up more than 500 yards, but they didn't give up a whole lot of points the rest of the way. When they had to bend but not break, turnovers normally were the name of the game. That or quick stops. Hey, at some point, you've got to take a stand. And better to be at the one-yard line than to watch the other team celebrate in the end zone. So the Michigan defense did a great job of – they did give up yards, but they didn't give up faith. They didn't give up working. They continued to perform like you would expect a Michigan defense to perform, and that's with grit, and they were able to come up with stops when they needed them the most. So the defense talked about the turnovers. They came up with a forced fumble on the next drive, but then the Wolverines flipped it right back on an interception. Michigan's defense fouled with a three and out. Michigan gets the football back, down three, 2.05 left, and five plays later. Going to roll right to throw. He's going to flip back a screen back the other way to Vincent Smith. Splits two-man to the 15. He takes the man at the 10, the 5. Touchdown, Michigan! With a minute 12 to go, the Wolverines have their first lead of the night. Indeed, for the first time, Michigan led but the Wolverines left time on the clock, and the Irish took advantage. And the pass, and look out, a wide-open Theo Riddick inside the five, is hit at the goal line, but carries it over and into the end zone for a Notre Dame touchdown with 30 seconds left to go. Four plays, 61 yards. All of a sudden, John, Michigan down by three again, and with 30 seconds left, that was it. I'm curious from your perspective. You know you have a little bit of time, a lot of ground in front of you. What's going through an offense's mind in that spot when you know this is your last chance and the odds are stacked against you? You need a chunk play. You need something big to happen. You need somebody on your team. And it's not just, you know, yes, you get a big play from a wide receiver or you get a big play from, you know, Denard Robinson or you get something that happens. You have to have big play mentality from every individual. If you're an offensive lineman, maybe you hold your block just a little bit longer. You 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 do anything that you possibly can to make sure that you give the rest of your teammates an opportunity to be successful. And that's what you call accountability. And this Michigan offensive line, the tight ends, the running backs, the receivers, and Denard Robinson, this is the de- definition. When Bo Schembechler talked about the team, you make sacrifices for the benefit of the team. It may be Roy Roundtree with the game-winning touchdown, and I know we're going to get a chance to hear that in a moment, but it is everybody that is on the sidelines, everybody that is on the field that has made the sacrifice to, for those individuals to be successful for the team. So 30 seconds left, Michigan with the ball at its own 20. After an incomplete pass on the first play of the drive, Michigan let it fly. Here's Denard scrambling around. He's firing. Wide open. Gallon up the sideline. Down in Notre Dame territory. Cuts to his left. 35. 30. Racing to the far sideline. 20. 15. Out of bounds with eight seconds to go. Do you believe that? Notre Dame blows the coverage. And Jeremy Gallon races down the field and picks up 64 yards to put Michigan within field goal range. Field goal range, yes. Also, 
touchdown range as we relive this incredible play. Our call of the game brought to you by the sports medicine experts at Michigan Medicine. Denard back to throw from the 16. Got to throw it in a hurry. Lobs it up in the end zone around three. He adjusts to the ball. He's interfered with. He makes the catch. Touchdown Michigan with two seconds to play. And now The celebration is on while the officials talk over this flag. Let's listen. You thought it's declined. Michigan has done it again in the closing seconds. Two ticks left. It's 34 to 31. John, one of the iconic plays, the iconic moments, the iconic games in Michigan history, and that was Roy Roundtree's first catch of the game you talk about sacrificing he got one opportunity and he delivered he did and and we talk about opportunity so much in sports especially in the game of football you don't know when that opportunity is is going to be called and that you're going to have that chance to do something special for your team for your university for yourself because this is Roy Roundtree, Denard Robinson, they are forever etched in the history of Michigan football because of this play. And I had a chance a couple of years ago to talk to both Denard Robinson and Roy Roundtree about that play. And when you when you grow together as a team, and we talk about chemistry all the time between a quarterback and his wide receivers, Roy Roundtree all the time talks about just looking at Denard Robinson and their eye contact. It was like they were having a conversation without saying a word. They knew what each other was going to do. Denard knew exactly what Roy was going to do and delivered the football exactly where it had to be, and Roy came through. While being interfered with, which was an amazing play and an amazing call by Frank Beckman in the flow of it as well. Wolverines win at 35-31. That was indeed today's call of the game brought to you by Michigan Medicine. Learn how U of M sports medicine experts can help you stay in the game at uofmhealth.org slash sportsmedicine. We'll come back with some sound from right after the game, including an interview with Doug Karsh and Junior Hemingway. You're locked into the postgame show presented by the Metro Detroit Buick GMC dealers, and you're listening to Michigan Football from Learfield IMG College. It was awesome to bring you the Wolverines 35-31 win over Notre Dame from back in 2011 here with the Wolverines 2020 team on pause due to COVID. Time for some postgame stats delivered by UPS. Denard Robinson finished with quite the roller coaster line. 11 of 24, 338 yards, four touchdowns, three interceptions, and he added a team-high 108 yards on the ground. No other Wolverine had more than 10 yards rushing. Junior Hemingway, who we'll hear from in a moment, three catches, 165 yards. Jeremy Gallon with two for 78, including the long one that set up Roy Roundtree's lone catch the iconic 16-yard touchdown grab with two seconds left. Notre Dame's quarterback, Tommy Reese, 27 of 39, 315 yards and three touchdowns, but he did throw two interceptions, part of a five-turnover day that ultimately kept Michigan in it and allowed them to win it at the end. Those are today's postgame stats delivered by UPS, the official logistics company of Michigan Athletics. Now, as promised, here is some postgame audio from the radio network call right after the game 
and it begins with a conversation with Junior Hemingway. All right, Junior, you were wearing the legacy jersey tonight. Did you feel like you wanted to live up to Desmond's legacy? Uh, you know, I had to go out there and play my game, man. Talk to Desmond for the game. He just said, keep your emotions, keep your emotions down. Let everything just come to you. With 30 seconds left, you guys got 80 yards to go. You got to think you're up against it. Hey, we've been making plays all camp. We've been going through this all camp. There was no doubt in our mind coming out that we can go down there and score. There was no doubt. How about Roy's catch on that last play? You were over there. What'd you see? Oh, no, I didn't even see it. I turned around, I looked, and I didn't see Tree going up for the catch, so he caught it. Congratulations. Thank you. Junior Hemingway, Frank, and uh, it is a happy group. Huh. It's a delirious so, group of fans. How about Denard? Look at him. Look at Denard. He's puffing his fist against his chest, and it's just pure elation from Michigan's junior quarterback who looked like he was having the most nightmarish night of his career, and he turned it into one of his greatest moments, Crash. Oh, it was remarkable. I mean, to say that he was struggling is an understatement, and to say that Michigan struggled in this game is an understatement. But to find a way to win the game the way it was going is... Unbelievable. It, Absolutely unbelievable. It truly is. I mean, three touchdowns in the last minute, 20? Yeah. That, I mean, that's a in the, remarkable in the last, stretch. In the last minute, 12, we saw three touchdowns scored in this game. I didn't even 12. see. Did they rule out a safety at the end of the game? Or is he down? Do we know what the final score the was? The final score was 35 to 31. Uh, and uh, I just wanted to make sure everybody ran on the field, but... I mean, Denard's performance remarkable. And how about the defense? They give up what? Two touchdowns? Two the touchdowns. First two possessions. Yep. And what after that? Not much, relatively well, speaking. It looked like Notre Dame could have hung 50 on them. Oh, it looked like that early. But the Irish, again, committed four turnovers tonight. And in the red zone, they were self destructive once again, Crash. You know, the, the biggest play uh, among many, if there was one big play, but the Irish. After Michigan pulled within 24-21, we're down at the nine-yard line, and Reese pumped his arm to throw and simply dropped the football. And his fumble was recovered by Ryan Van Bergen. And while Michigan went the other way, and we saw Notre Dame get an end zone interception, that play that stopped the Notre Dame scoring drive, where they simply self-destructed, was really planting seeds of doubt in Notre Dame's minds once again. Some great stuff there from Frank, Jim, and Doug on that wonderful night back in September of 2011. Back for one final segment here on today's broadcast. This is the post-game show. It's presented by the Metro Detroit Buick GMC dealers, Brian Bush and John Jansen with you. Putting the finishing touches on the replay from back in 2011. John, I know you don't like night games that we talked about off the top, but uh, this might be the greatest night game in Michigan history. And for it to be the first, uh, it lived up to the billing. As, as the crew talked about, you had that much anticipation to actually have it come through and deliver. I mean, it's just special. Every once in a while, everything comes together. And you've got an historic event with Michigan having the night game against one of... Uh, another historic program. You've got two of the iconic helmets, Michigan's winged helmet, the Golden Dome of the Notre Dame players, 
And to have an ending this way, to have a game of this magnitude carrying this weight coming through at a moment like this, it really is one of the one of the greatest moments, not just in Michigan football history or in Notre Dame football history or the history of the big house, but in all of college football history. Now to the 2020 version of this Michigan football program. We don't know what the next week will bring. Program said that the next update's going to come up on Monday. When do you think this team needs to reconvene by in order to get football ready for next Saturday? Well, I, I would imagine they're actually doing that right now. Like They might not be in person, but... A lot of what has happened in 2020 has been virtually. So they are and should be looking at their playbooks, watching film of Ohio State on their iPads. That's the technology that we have in 2020. All of these players have that ability. You're going to be stuck at home. Yes, you need to do your homework. you got to get your schoolwork done but you're not going to be going to Schembechler Hall. You should be talking to your teammates. You should be saying, hey, I saw this on film. I noticed this. When they line up a certain way, hey, keep an eye on this. They should all be coaching each other and the coaches coaching them as well so that when they do get an opportunity to get back into Schembechler Hall, whether it's Monday or Tuesday, and I believe it probably has to be by Tuesday, they have the opportunity to hit the practice field. They've already done all of the mental exercises. They've had the chance to visualize what is going to happen on Saturday, and they can go out there and hone what they have to do physically to get back on the field, to get rhythm with the quarterbacks and the receivers and the running backs and the offensive line and defensively communicating all of the moving parts of a Don Brown defense This is an opportunity that they need to take to solidify the game plan as we are sitting here on Saturday right now, not playing a physical game, but preparing for one a week from today. I know the season has not gone the way that the players, the coaches, the fans expected, but you better believe they want to crack at the Buckeyes, even if they will be a heavy, heavy underdog. Well, and I've said this before, this season has been a disappointment. At two and four, six games in, losing to your in-state rival, losing to Penn State, losing to Indiana, it has not been the way that that the seniors thought this season would go, that Coach Harbaugh, Ward Manuel, myself thought that this season would go. So if you want an opportunity to look back on this year fondly and look back and say, you know what? We didn't have the season we wanted, but we did save something of the season. You go down to Columbus, and you hit them in the mouth. And when they hit you back, you continue to hit them in the mouth. You become road graders. You find a way. It may not be pretty. It may not be the way you draw it up in that nice air-conditioned and heated meeting room with all of the, the different components that you need, but it is what you have to do in the moment for Michigan to win in Columbus. Great stuff, John. Really fun to bring you this. I, I wish we were at the big house talking about Michigan and Maryland, but hey, we have to make do here in 2020. John will be back on Monday for Inside Michigan Football on many of these same stations. For John and our entire outstanding crew, I'm Brian Bush. Thank you so much for listening here today. This is Michigan Football from Learfield IMG College.